Hey, y'all, Scotty Real. And the dude here. And we just wanted to shout out to our crew of listeners, growers, cannabis professionals, and recreational tokers. Otherwise known as the Dude Grows Crew. Who every week come through solid and donate their hard-earned money to produce this show. It's the support from our listeners that directly produces the Dude Grows Show and keeps the unbiased grow knowledge pumping out week after week after week, guys. You are the DGC, and there's strength in numbers. So please show us some love and help produce the next show by going to DudeGrows.com and making a small donation. Respect. Come on, brother. Let's get high and start the show. Yeah. You're listening to the Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What's up, growers? Episode 42, Dude Grow Show. How you doing, Mr. Real? Hey, man, I'm doing. I'm doing great, actually, man. Love Not it. complain. I'm going to just keep the Mr. Real going on. If you guys don't know, this is the Dude Grow Show. Uh, the only, really, I mean, I shouldn't say the only, but, you know, grow your own. Grow knowledge heavy, straight out of Mile High, Denver. Loving it up here in the Mile High. Got a bunch of good stuff on the show today. And Scotty, I got some. I got two good news stories in a row. I oh, love it. Oh, I love good news. Yes. I'm Remember gonna, when you were going to make your good news channel? I'm still working on that. <laughs> the dude's good news channel. Nice. Only good news. So it would be good. People tune in. <laughs> it's going to be my next YouTube channel, man. All right. But yeah, let's. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, we're going to get into some news, some culture on the show. Of course, some grow talk. We're going to have a little bit of a sit-in today, hopefully get a little bit of Hortolux knowledge on this new bulb, the Hortolux Blue. Yeah. Dude's going to rock it. I'm going to rock it for the whole grow. Uh, we got Kenny over here at Way to Grow is going to try and swing on in here for a sec and give us some of his breakdown on Dude, it. you are going to rock a metal highlight, the whole grow. Fucking A, man. Old school. I'm going old school, Scotty. Damn, man. So that's the, that's the quick format. So if you guys want to skip ahead to the grow talk, I understand that. But you're going to miss all the, the, the culture. Yeah, the, man. You're going to miss And the prime-picked news. This is hard. This is prime-picked news. So There's too much good shit going on in the news, man. we got to talk about it, man. I cool, agree. I agree. Cool stuff, you know? Well, let's start off to say, let's give a little love out to, uh, we're getting some good supporters out there, guys, and we want to make sure they're mentioned, and the people that are supporting us, it's because we're, we're using their stuff, too, literally, in our gardens every day. So, number one, the the product of the show, Founder Scotty here, what is it? Recharge, my amigo, Recharge, and man, Help. it's fun getting people hooked up on Recharge, man. Yeah, definitely correcting problems in the garden. If you guys don't know, it's your all-in-one biological inoculant. Go check out the Dude Grows YouTube channel. I just put up uh, two videos on the product uh, compared to about 12 other products out there. And I really think anybody in Soil Soilless and even Hydro, maybe, we got a grower uh, that we're going to cover today on the show that's starting to use this stuff in Hydro. And the numbers he's giving me are very interesting. But uh, regardless... It can definitely be done. I'm going to have to pull out my deep water culture buckets and, and build me a little Hydro system to play with it. 
you know, I've just been happy with my octopots and, and my soil and just been, been so happy with that. But I'll have to do it. I do want to see that. And if you guys want to pick up any recharge, realgrowers.com. Go hook it up over there. Yaman. Yeah, you got eight ounce pounders, five pounders. Use coupon code DUDE, 25% off. Heavy duty discount for you there. Yeah. Who else we got? Number one garden center out here in Colorado. Definitely. Oh, way to grow, homie. Way to grow. Yes, they got six stores. Hook it up over there. That's where the dude shops. And if you haven't, just go over there. Use Dude Grow's account. It's not a little, you know, your little 10% discount. It'll hook you up, man. It'll definitely hook you up. But if you need 1,000-watt bulbs, you're not going to beat 60 bucks on a Hortilux. Yeah, just say what the Dude Grow's bulb deal. And if you're kind of, you know, you're having a rough week, you're down and out a little, you know, the deal didn't go through, get a $25 extra sun. Extra Sun HPS. That, that just run it for you know one flowering period and then switch back over to the hordy when you got the you know the sixty bucks. Scotty's running all hordies now, so yeah, man. Scotty got real <laughs> with the spectrum. I'll bet you you're gonna see a difference too in this harvest, man. Well, you, you know what got me, man, was the guy. You know, I, I actually talked to the Hordelux rep. Is smart as hell, man. You know, he's and not a bullshit salesman, but he's a smart guy that has a lot of knowledge on his side. And he said, how much does it really, you know, to get another 50 or $60 out of a light? I mean, what do you got to get? You know, I mean, wh- how, how hard do you have to convince you? You know what I mean? Yeah, I was over at a, a grower's place a few days ago. We'll keep anonymous. And he was on, I mean, his indoor flowering room. This is kind of like his hobby room just running 2K. But he was like on the fifth, I think, or seventh cycle with these bulbs. It's like you could visually see, like, dude, those bulbs are thousands? Like, what the... Yeah, you're losing, you know, 10, 15, 20% of your yield. I mean, that's a lot more than 60 bucks. Yeah, totally. Let's move on to not forget if you guys want really good information on raw materials, mixing soil, living soils, all that jazz. Episode 39, we had Jeremy from Build a Soil. It's kind of just an episode we're proud of. Uh, a lot of knowledge has dropped. Jeremy definitely has a lot of good. I mean, if you want to grow on a budget, get to learn your ingredients. Go hook it over at buildasoil.com and, uh, yeah, tell them the dude sent you. They get definitely uh, good stuff rocking. I would, I'm kind of intimidated to build my own. I shouldn't say I'm intimidated to, like, start using more raw material like alfalfa and stuff, but I'm just – there's so much for me and my time, as I always say, great stuff ready to go out of a bag, and usually that's how I'm rolling. Well, it's just such a different style of growing, you know what I mean? It's like being uh, – you're mountain biking and then saying you're going to go road biking, man, you know? It's man, I hate all road biking, biking. Sorry. but it's way different, you know what I mean? And just because you're good at one doesn't mean you're going to be good at the other. Yeah, the only reason I don't road bike is because I don't want to take it over. Anyway, <laughs> now road biking's cool. No worries. No, but, but my point is that, that if you, you you worked real hard to learn how to use these uh, liquid and bottled nutrients, and then you're going to go over to these raw ingredients that take so much time to break down, man, you really got to study that stuff. And it's going to be years of work in that before you master it. Yeah, and there's actually in the grower questions today a grower that thinks he used too much alfalfa in a tea and started to have some issues, so I'm excited to talk about that. That's not a strong area for me, but uh, we always will tackle the questions the best we can. And uh, let me bring up one more one more scatty here. Octopots, you use them. You have them in your garden, and I know you like them, and as I keep saying, the dude is going to be rocking them. Um, got my seeds started. I'm going to be having some updates on that and then excited to go to, I'm going to try and take it beyond just the challenge of using an octopot, which isn't, I mean, a challenge meaning it's new, new growing frontier for me, a new equipment. I want to try and do it with almost an all of just top dress. 
um, and try not to use barely any liquid newts and see how easy I can make this. So I'm kind see, of excited. I don't know if it's going to work with top dress because it feeds from the bottom. Yeah, so. well, you're going to have to talk to me about that here Man, coming up. The cool up. thing about well, an octopod is even if you decide just to use it as a, a, a catch basin for all, your, for all the water, when you water... You can just use it as something where, you know, like almost like a big saucer and then just route it all back to a, a reservoir and kind of just go to a, a run. Drain to, the waste. Yeah, drain the waste like that way. But it just keeps, I think they're really handy just for keeping the water off the floor, if, if not anything else, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, man. Well, let's go to, this is kind of like, well, I don't say this is a new segment, but I'm, a, you know, pump. Me and Scotty were talking. We're going to give some support back, dude, to some of our people out there. Social media, people liking the videos we're putting out on the Dude Grow Show. Yeah, we definitely be getting more involved. I've been on Google Plus every morning hanging out. Every morning, huh? Oh, the dude's know. trying. I'm going to try to keep up, you know. But, uh, you know, you made a good point. We got, a, you know, gentlemen here. Derpity Derp. Is that Derpity Derp 420 or just Derpity Derp? Uh, it depends if uh, depends if you owe him money or not, man. What you call him. <laughs> It looks like uh, old Derpity's definitely been giving some love on the videos, um, and that is, if you guys want to check out his YouTube channel, uh, D-E-R-P, D-E-R-P-I-T-Y, that's the Derp Derpity, and then just throw a 420 on there um, and that's hook it up. That's from South Park, right? <laughs> derp, 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 derp. But yeah, man, I, well, let's, we should hook them up. We got, we got a little bit of a catch here. We, you know, if you need some recharge, we'll send you out that. We're getting in a little optic foliar here. Um, so we're getting some some goodies that we just want to hook up listeners that are liking you know liking what we're doing and commenting on. Do you know anybody else that's been you're more, you've been more active out in the social network, Scotty? Oh yeah, man, I've been having a good time, man. We've been poking fun of you talking about microbial. Come on, say it <laughs> one more time for everybody, brother. Mike Obriel? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, yeah. But anyway, man, yeah, let's give some love, uh, you know, let's give some recharge out to some of the growers out there, man. I got a Mr. Bowser 83 here. Love that guy, man. Give him give him uh come on, free pound of, a pound of recharge for him and a pound for Derpity Derp 420 because I'm feeling that way. A pound, eh? You're giving yeah, away right. pounds. Yeah, I'm insane, man. <laughs> he did crack man. me up. Mr. Mr. Bowser's like, "Dude, can you please stop saying outdo and indo?" When I'm talking about my grow, because I'm not Snoop Dogg. All right, I'll work on that. <laughs> I'll work on that, Mr. Bowser. Oh, there's a little Snoop Dogg in all of us, homie. So you guys, we'll get in touch with you here over on the networks and uh, work out the deals. But thanks, and that's uh, yeah, we appreciate the love, man. Right on. Yeah, check it out. We're definitely pushing a lot more content on the Dude Grows YouTube channel, and uh, of course the show every week coming at you. Forty two here. Let's take a break to get tuned up, though, Scotty, and get into this. Get into the news. Get into Grow Talk, Hortolux Talk. We got a great new ball about newer ballast. We're going to talk about that shit. Dude's going to be running it, and uh, yeah, yeah. I got something I want to talk about, man. Something, something I learned over the week, man. Pretty cool. You shit. learned something, all right? Yeah, that's right, man. You're not, any teaser? I mean, just going to leave me hanging? Well, you're going to have to find out what's growing on, man. What's growing on? All right, that works. That works. Well, let's go get high, man. Straight up. Forget the safety meeting. I want to get high. All right, man. My weed's wearing off. <laughs> Word, guys. We'll be back with Dude Grow Show. All right. I'm your host with the most big Snoop Dogg. All I said is anybody in the crowd smoking on some of that are pumping blood right now. Pumping blood. Yeah. What happened with your eyes? You stick something in your eye? No, they pumping blood because I smoked too much weed and I drank too much last night. They pumping. Deep, really. 
They're like sure? pumping like my heart. I can feel my heartbeat through my eyes. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's crazy, man. Isn't that crazy? I gotta smoke up again. Yeah, you probably should. I'm gonna smoke up again because that'll, that'll fix that problem right there. Ain't gonna have that problem no more, if you know what I'm saying. Dope. You know what I'm saying? Dope. I like dope. I know you like dope. You like to smoke dope. I like to smoke dope. I like to smoke chiba. I think every single day you wake up, you smoke. I like to smoke the ganja. I like to smoke the marijuana. How much dope do you think you smoke, man? I say I go about pound a day. Pound a day. Yeah, that's a lot. It's not a lot when you grow young. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. I mean, I got a whole, I got a whole warehouse full of that shit. Right. That's why. Right. How do you think I got this job? You think that your weight problem has something to do with all the dope that you're smoking? I mean, 475 pounds. And you don't have any other skills but verbal. Do you think that's a recipe for, uh, for death, my man? I don't think it's a recipe for death. I think it's a recipe for life. I got, uh, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm healthy. Well, yeah, you might, your brain might be healthy. My brain healthy. My, right. my body healthy. Right. It's all good. Look yeah. at me. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't have no skills but verbal. Right? You don't walk around nowhere. You sit in that big chair every day. Right. And you get high. And you smoke pot. That's right. And you get high. That's right. And you smoke. Thank you. You make me laugh. And then you talk on the radio all day. You make me laugh because that shit's funny. It is funny. But it's true. I'm just looking out for your health, man. <laughs> I, don't want, you I don't want you to die. Don't die. Yeah. Who wants me to die? Nobody wants you to I die. I don't want me to die. Because when you're dead, you won't be here because you'll be gone. If I be gone, I'll be gone, you know? Who's going to be on the radio show with me at that point? I don't know. I got to just stop my eyes from pumping blood. Do you have a backup? Backup for what? A backup for you in case you die. I don't really understand what you're saying. Right, let's get back to smoking. Yo, yo, what's growing on? What's growing on, Scotty? Yeah, man, that's our new segment for people that are tired of hearing about what's in our grows. Yeah, it's, it's <coughs> to see how, how creative that is instead of what's going on in our grows. But you know what, man? What's it's growing that, on? It is true, man. I mean, it, it's totally true that hey, what's going on in our grows might not be what's going on around town or what's really going on. So anyway, man, there's a bunch of shit that I'm into. Uh, something really exciting that's growing on in my head is I'm fixing a bunch of gardens up with Met 52. I should take that, say that I'm fixing a bunch of root aphid infested gardens up with Met 52, which is a, a new biological by a Novozyme. And I seem they carry it here at Way to Grow. I don't know. Now, being new, I, I, I know it's been around for at least a couple of years. I think back in the day when I was at another store working, it new was... New to uh, sunlight supply, new to indoor gardening. But it's been in, like, big ag for a, a while? Or? Yeah, Novozyme, that company, has been making biologicals for, like, 20 years, 15, 20 years, and... Yeah, now, don't so. now watch what you're saying. We're talking about big guys with attorneys, okay? That's just this disclaimer, all right? Keep it keep it simple. But you did talk to a rep, right? Like I a, talked to the rep. Somebody, a Monsanto dude or what? He was a Monsanto dude. Yes, so he was. This is a Monsanto yeah. product? Monsanto bought Novozyme. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, so. I'm not saying there's any dirty words here. Just getting, you know, see what's up. <laughs> so. Hey, if I can use Monsanto to get rid of root aphids, this is kind of what I've been waiting for. What it is, it's a biological, so it's it's a fungus that's going to attack the root aphids uh, 
uh, I think it works just like the botanigard. I think they're two different, uh, you know, uh, funguses, but the same mode of action. Uh, they get on the root aphid by contact, and they. Uh, uh, I, would like call, I think they just like dehydrate them. They they kill them. I don't know. Point is that I want to see it under a microscope happening. I think it happens really slowly. You know. So the point is, this doesn't work great on super infested plants. But you take these granulars. It's it's a granular. So you take some of these granulars and you put maybe a teaspoon per gallon of planting material. So a three-gallon bucket, you put a tablespoon in there, you mix that with your soil, and supposedly it's 14-month protection. So Now, are those dosage numbers off the top of your head or another disclaimer? Just Oh, yeah, yeah, they're totally off the top of my head. <laughs> Make sure you thoroughly read the labels, all I'll say. But yeah, So they're saying how long of a – how many months? 14 months, man. Like residual protection in uh, the root zone of – and this is mainly going to be, I assume, for soil and soilless? yes. Not a hydro product. I wouldn't think so. I don't know. I don't know how it persists in there, but they do have a liquid that you could use for hydro. It but, sounds like. I mean, if it doesn't, if it's not going to have any negative effect on the plants, I'm all for it. If you're anywhere near, heard of, had a friend that had them, close to them at all, spending the money to run this stuff. If it's just adding, it sounds like it's kind of adding another thing to your IPM. Um, and like, I'm a big fan. Like, you know, Pyganic really stresses plants i've seen just super stress as well as imichloroprid etc right so that's sweet if it's a biological that won't slow your harvest down per se because people don't want to run things in ipm that are gonna you know slow their growth rates no. and cause stress hey i'll go out on a limb and call this a beneficial all right i'll take it you know going out on a limb oh sue me so that's cool, man. I'd like yeah, to hear so about... Uh... Really psyched. So just trying to get the word out on that. Somebody shared that information with me, and uh, some folks I know are having success. That They're putting it in the media as they get it, uh, and they're just seeing that the root aphids aren't taking over. They're not starting. Now, how uh, cost-effective is it? Do you know? Is it pretty expensive? I don't, man. Thank God I don't have to deal with that shit myself, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to help other people solve their problems. Uh, I know that the Botanigard was pretty damn expensive, man. Yes. I think that's like $2 per RTU gallon, for ready-to-use gallon. Cool. I'll grab one off the shelf here. We'll get the price. We'll give an update later, price and uh, how long like it'll it'll last you, just so you guys can have an idea if it's feasible. You know, yeah, I know if you're treating hundreds and hundreds of gallon of, like you said, it's nice to be able to treat something right out of the bag before you even plant. That's um, what so, you need. I mean, to go hit something every three days, and I mean these, uh, like the the these type of products are contact products, so you literally have to really flood your uh, your media. And, I mean, that's hundreds, sometimes thousands of gallons to do that. And that can cost a lot of money at $2 a gallon. Yep. And root aphids can cost you all of your money. <laughs> so you were pretty pumped this week, man. What's the good news? We got You've been checking out some of the old Rev stuff, huh? I have, man. The Rev gave a – I've always been trying to learn about TLO, Total Living Organics. Is that what it is? True Living Organics, Total Living Organics? True love organics, man. I don't know. You, it, how are true living organics? You, you know, put I, it either way. I don't put know. It all you together. Know, yeah, ever since I started uh, reading that Clackamas Coot guy, you know, then, then I was trying to just learn more about, you know, the, all these really uh, slow-release organic, you know, putting everything, building uh, essentially a super soil. 
and they're just wa- giving it really good, clean water. The Rev is really in the good, clean water. Yeah, and if you guys don't know, the Rev's over there at Skunk Magazine. He's right. like their cultivator editor, yep. uh, cultivation editor, kind of like Danny Danko does for High Times. The Rev definitely puts a different flavor on it. I don't think there's any animosity there. You know, do they want do they, do they want to get after it in a little bit of a grower scrap? You know, oh, with, <laughs> with the mighty High Times, man. But uh, Skunk's a pretty sweet magazine for sure, and uh, I dig. I mean, I've read some cool shit. Uh, we'll have to. You said he'd be willing to come on the show over here. We're going to do a little bit of a hangout. Is that how well, it's going to I mean, work? we are Facebook friends and stuff. Oh, you know my what gosh. I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, OMG, sorry. Yeah, we're in a straight-up, you know, online relationship, man, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> I read was- a hilarious story, though, about him, which I'd love to talk. Just I forgot what uh, issue it is, and it's about his old school travels down to, like, Mexico and crazy-ass drug smuggling and just awesome shit that was in there. It was a great uh, culture slash. It's one of those you want to get really high and just read. Yeah, he seems like a cool guy, man, you know? Guns, cocaine, tequila, weed, fast boats, fast cars, not a lot of sleep, (laughs) etc. So hey. that's awesome, man. That's good to hear that hopefully uh, we'll put together a hell of a uh, educational segment. Let you guys know. All right. Yeah, man. So what's growing on with you, homie? What's growing on is uh, quite a bit, man. Here we'll do an outdoor weather update in Colorado. We are running a little cooler, man. So guys, be careful. Your plants aren't using as much water. And even, uh, you know, out there, some people you want to, if you have automated outdoor watering systems, don't forget to slow them down. I noticed this in my containers and the outdoor, so wait, not snoop, in the outdoor, <laughs> uh, my outdoor plants basically, um, and then you just don't want everything soaked either right now. Granted, it's raining, my plants are covered, so, you know, that's the benefit of having a covered area or a greenhouse. But, uh, yeah, just watch it with the weather. You don't want it to be too damp, too long, too moist. If you're getting a high humidity for multiple days in a row, think about adding some ventilation even to your outdoor grow. Um, put some fans out, etc. So that was my weather, uh, my Colorado grower weather updates. And it's amazing the temperatures these things can take, though, huh? 120, yeah. 130 degrees. Yeah, that's what I was going to get Something into next. I went and visited Dr. J's little hobby greenhouse. If you want to see that, just go to the Dude Grows on YouTube. There's a video there I just threw up um, and did a little tour. It's about a 12-foot wide, I think a 16-foot long greenhouse that's completely full with plant material from three plants. And that's how you do it, man. Like you said, he measured the stems the other day, and they, or the stalks, and they were 11 inches in diameter, like full on around. And they are, yeah, they're definitely wild. Three Buddhist sisters. And it's really cool to see, man. It's, it's the wave of the future, if you ask me. You don't, he doesn't have to pay for any lights out there. And it is cool to see, man, because like, that's his favorite strain. And who knows if you can really get that at a dispensary. You're going to be at the mercy of, of, of a dispensary. I mean, that's his medicine, you know? Yeah, and we went out there, like, before I forget, Scotty, like you said, it, those plants can take it so hot. Uh, that day I visited, it was about maybe low 80s outside, but it was still pretty good sun going on. And there's not much vents on the greenhouse. And I was like, God, it's got to be, you know, upper, like 100 in there. It was only like low 90s, if maybe 89. Uh, but he said, no, no big deal, man. On the hot summer days, those plants will be in there up to 120 degrees yeah. all day long. Said, so not an issue if they got water. So crazy. I mean, it's not crazy, but the differences between indoor and outdoor growing and how inexpensive it can be, man. He used compost from a farmer just to amend his soil. I mean, that's more than half of his nutrient regimen right there. Oh, of course, yeah, man. a recharge to go to work on all that shit. But uh, you can't resist it, can you, man? I can't. I can't. 
so yeah, that was cool to hang out. I always love to go see outdoor grows and uh, see what people have going on and prove that man. People, you can't bitch about plant count that you're given legally in the legal states. I mean, I, we're allowed to grow six plants here per person, and if you want to go three of them in a twelve by sixteen foot greenhouse, you're going to do all right. So. Good to see for sure. What else I got going on? We'll do a little bit of my indoor garden real quick. Um, replacing T5 bulbs I see is something that's easy to forget for growers. It's usually not their primary light. It's not their flowering bulb, and they get happy, complacent with how well they grow, you know, even in a faded state. So I try to do them at least once a year. That's pushing it a little. I think doing new T5s every six months, though, is a little too much, but replacing all my four-foot T5 grows, like in my eight-bulb fixture, I have a six-bulb fixture, and that's a good reminder still you guys got a few days over here at any of the way to grows if you're in colorado five dollar t5 bulbs and like quality ones five dollar grow bulbs it's like half off so do what i'm gonna do and stock up that's better than any deal i get shit yeah man i'm gonna help you out with a little bit of math here but if you take that five dollars and you times it by eight you get 40 okay yes. so you can replace an entire eight bar t5 for forty dollars eight times five Thank pretty you. Pretty good. Pretty it's been good. Your math, math moment with Scotty Real. But not a lot of other going on indoor just yet. It's about to blow up. We're getting into fall here, guys. Uh, so there'll be tons going on. Both my bedroom and flying room are shut down right now, which is kind of weird. It almost bothers me. But it's also nice to be able to walk by them and know I don't have to walk in for and do anything other than do the clean. I still haven't done the clean in there. I've been slacking a little. But uh, yeah, that shit's about to get blown up with all kinds of cool equipment. The Horde looks blue. Um and uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. New ballast, a Horlux Gold ballast, yeah, and right on, uh, trying to get you. yeah, trying to get my hand on some uh, double-ended uh, fixtures in the 600 watt range. I don't think I could pull off a thousand in there, and Gavita does have one. Trying to figure out that and just getting excited, testing new products, running new shit, test out that octopot. So that's all what's upcoming in the Indo when it's snowing outside. Yeah, I love might be that. hard though, man. We got a winter jet stream coming in like a mofo, and the, the more it snows, the more it's hard to work. So that's why you need them octopots, baby. Got to go out and get in that powder. Yeah, smoke some weed on the ski lift. Mm, love <laughs> it, man, love it. Anyway, what else we got coming up here? Should we take a quick break here? Get uh, see if we can get a little lineup on uh, our featured product, man. I've been trying to feature some cool products, having access to basically every product that's out there. So, um, yeah, let's feature uh, – I'm excited about learning about this Hortolux Blue because I've never tried – like you said, it's a metal halide, but I want to run it the whole grow, and I think I'm predicting bad-ass quality and maybe a 10% loss in weight. Maybe 15, but if it's only a 15% loss in weight and I have unbelievable resin production and trikes and all that shit, I don't give a shit. Like, it's more about quality than quantity these days. Yeah. So I'm straight. You're getting excited. You're getting hot on the mic over there. Yeah, ready to smoke that mic, man. <laughs> well, let's take a real quick break here. Uh, if you guys like what you're hearing, of course, hear it on the go. iTunes is kicking us. Give us a little some ratings over there if you want, and Beyond Pod for your Android users. Uh, and we're DudeGrows.com. Go check out RealGrowers.com if you want to hear about almost any of the. Uh, I shouldn't say any of the products, but. Scotty's putting up some products just on a store over there that the products he's using, we're using, and we're talking about that we believe in and you should use if you're into gardening. Hey, you know what? I've actually got Michigan Mark writing us. Uh, he's the king of reusing soil. Lately, there's been some talk back and forth about whether to reuse soil or not. 
Uh, Michigan Mark reuses it. He reconditions it. So I asked him to do a, a little bit of writing for us. So look over 420 Grow Lab, and you should see a pretty cool article about all that. Yeah, Dr. J was reusing a little bit of peat. I'll see if I can remember to talk about that in a bit. But uh, I don't know. I'm still not fully for it. you gotta get, you got to be pretty pro at it, we'll say. And what's up with Michigan Mark and Costa Mesa Steve? Can I be? Do I need to be Denver dude? Is that cool? No, I'm, I'm not the most original guy in the world. I mean, right? geographical nicknaming people. <laughs> Word guys, we'll be right back with some featured product. Then we're going to get right into uh, grow talk, some news, and uh, yeah. Hope you're enjoying what you're hearing, dude. Grow show, bitches. Let's go smoke some weed. We just did that though. Did you forget? Doesn't matter. Late. Tick tock, nephew. Time's almost up. Man, keep it long, keep it strong, get on it. If you do it, you won't miss it. So let's jump on it. Remember, dudegrows.com. <laughs> All right, guys, we're back. We're back with the uh, the featured product of the show. Is that the official name of the segment, Scotty? I like it, man. It sounds very corporate. It does get me you know, happy to go out and find products. But today we have a Hortolux blue bulb, and I was looking at the spectrum and kind of wanted to get some answers on this spectrum versus their HPS. So we got Kenny here. Kenny with Way to Grow. You sit. What's up, man? Hello. Yeah, and first up, big ups to Hortolux, man. They did step up and put one of these in our hands so we could evaluate it. Pretty psyched, man. Well, yeah, and I, want, I was asking Kenny. I'm like, dude, I want to run this as an all-in-one. Can I do this as a bulb for my whole grow? You know, veg, flower, and everything. And you're saying, hell yeah. Right. 
Absolutely. It's a great bowl. Definitely mostly used for veg, but I would say uh, that the people with the, the real you know inside you know trick are using them in bloom. Uh, well, what I was doing, I think production. I mentioned before to you, at the end of my grow, I'd put in a straight halide for the last 10 days, maybe not even two weeks, like 10 days, and I did see an increase in resin production. And I'm thinking with this bulb, tell me your opinion, you're going to lose maybe a little bit of yield versus your HPS. Don't know if it would be 10%, 15%, but the quality should be pretty insane compared to just running an HPS. And if I was telling Scotty earlier in the show, I mean, quality is getting to be – I mean, just as important, more important than quality, and that's what you want. And that, I think that this bulb is what Hortolux is trying to do in an all-for-one, which I haven't seen before. Well, and you have what's really also important is phenotypical expression. Uh, whoa, whoa, phenotypical? A lot of times you'll see things. All right. Yeah, so, like, uh, you know, each individual variety is going to have its differences. And when you grow something and you're just kind of hitting all the bases, with, you know, with you're just blasting red light at it. And then, uh, you know, you're not really taking into consideration that a plant is grown throughout the entire spectrum. And, yes, it's a little heavier on one versus the other, but it's still all present outside. So when you want to find something's true, what it truly does – Short of going it outside, you're going to have to give it the best conditions to mimic outside as possible, and that's going to be a full-spectrum bulb so that you don't get a product that, ta- you know, like, say, a tomato. They're not all going to taste like beef steaks if, you know, in, out of a greenhouse if you take that extra step and you do things to recreate inside. And the biggest thing to that, in my opinion, is doing really? something like a Hortolux yeah. Blue. You were mentioning just, so I guess, if you have the if you have the money or you want to get the best of both worlds, like running, how would you run a setup to get HPS and, and like a metal halide spectrum and a grow? Uh, if I was doing separate separate fixtures, single single bulb separate fixtures, uh, checkering them is a good way to do it. If you're if you still want to do it with both types of bulbs, you could just do every other. Uh, or like we were talking about in Fantasyland, <laughs> if you had the money, you could take the dual Raptors and do a 600 HPS and a 400 Hortolux Blue, and uh, that would give you a pretty incredible what, spectrum. I, I assume people sometime might get excited with the dual Raptors. If you guys don't know what that is, you can you know it has a socket at either end. You can put two bulbs. People will people try to rock 2,000 watts in one hood. Yeah, and then you know, and then it ends up being you know that they, they, their their hoods end up being four or five feet over the plant, and it throws throws light real far, and you know it's real bright underneath. But I don't know that it's yeah. always the best idea. It's yeah. not a, it's not a very right. popular right. widespread I think consistent, idea. Consistent, you know, well placed lamps, I think, is where it's at. You know, trying to maximize that wattage per square yeah, foot. Yeah, and good, and that's why the Raptor Dual is good. You know, you do have a bulb at either end of that very large fixture, so you are getting a good, you know, probably better light penetration and better distribution with the the bulbs being on either end versus sure. just at one end. I think that but, would give you all the quality and the quantity. I like I it. But I'm gonna run. I'm. I'm. I think I'm gonna be dedicated here. I want to do a uh, full full grow under the blue with a few different genetics. And just see how they respond, because yeah, look, when you look at the guys, the the spectral graph on the back of the boxes, just the blue one, and I'm I'm not a light scientist. If that's the proper term. Oh, you are. You are. What's a light scientist called? Anybody? Who knows, man? <laughs> Illuminologist. I'm not a lightologist. Man. <laughs> but uh, the 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 spectrum definitely on the blue just looks like it has more higher numbers, full color across the board, not as many peaks as the HPS. But it's definitely sweet. And I did notice on Hortolux boxes, 
I don't know how long it's been on here. It's their replacement guide. So we always say, you know, every six months. So Hortolux has got for optimal growth, which is what we're all doing, is optimally growing. Uh, replace your bulb every six to eight months. For average growth, which is for we're starting to get into slacker territory, replace your bulb every nine to ten months. And maintenance growth, which nobody wants, I guess, unless you're just maintaining some cuts or clones, is replace your bulb every 10 to 12 months. So that, that's the real deal, guys. It, it's kind of something that will rip you off that you can't see happening before your eyes. But when you replace your bulb frequently, keep everything on par. And when you're getting, you know, $60 Hortolux 1,000 watts over at Way to Grow with the Dude Grows Bulbs deal, you don't, you don't have any excuses. Yeah, but day one with that spectrum is better than day 60 with a, a lesser spectrum. You know, or, or, oh wait, I did that backwards, man. <laughs> Kenny, weren't you saying that one time? Yeah, real quick. Uh, is, were you saying that the Hortolux bulb will degrade? Like, if we run the Hortolux HPS for six months, and then we run the Extra Sun or whatever else knockoff bulb for six months, I don't want to knock on Extra Sun. I've used them in it when I had to, or it's a good backup bulb too. Um, will the will the Hortolux, the Extra Sun, or the cheaper bulbs degrade? The Spectrum degrade if you're looking at it with like a par meter or some shit? Do you know? Yeah, it definitely degrades pretty quick. Uh, I've gotten the chance to use a, spectrogra- a spectrometer, I believe it was called. Uh, it's the little light stand. It's got the lens, and it gives you uh, in real time. These little graphs I'm seeing on the back exact- of the box. Exactly. That's just uh, it's just a piece of equipment that's attached to a laptop, and it's definitely a very uh, there's definitely a very big difference in the actual what's on the back of the box on day one and day sixty between the two. Hortolux uh, is much closer to uh, the original and stays that way uh, versus the Extra Sun, which I think I was like at three months they just pretty much start to. You know, it reminded me of my lights. Michelin tires. That's why I spend the big money, man. Get like 90,000 miles out of those yeah, bitches. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, with the, re- you know, being able to, it's, it's a good quality product. They back it up. The return policy is amazing. You know, you got a year for anything to go wrong. Most of us aren't using the bulbs that long to begin with. So it's a no, it's, it's a no brainer. And you're not returning them very often. And, you know, it's very rare that you see that happen. So, you know, go with the good quality. You know, going with the cheaper quality, yes, you may get through the same grow. Results won't be as good. And, yes, it's still a one-year warranty on, say, an extra sun, but that warranty doesn't include the time it takes you to take it out, to figure out that you blew the bulb, uh, when it went out, you know, lost production. Down a bulb. Right, and you got to take it out, you know, and it, you know, you know, heaven help you if that's the only light in your in your grill and you're a single light and you lose that bulb 45 minutes after your light turns on and you checked on it the first 10 minutes, so that lights off all night. So you lose an entire day of light cycle. That's going to oh, be yeah. a day you crop, meant to you know? go and replace the, the the lamp, but you forgot to, you know. Got yeah, too right. late, yeah, man. And that's, Cheap in other areas of your life that are non-gardening if you can't afford the Hortolux, you know. Just don't eat as much. Something no, it's like about that. ROI, though, man. And think about it. You know, you got $25 compared to, was it, 60 bucks, 70 bucks. Yeah. Think about the ROI. So you got, what, $50 that you've got to recover? ROI, oh, sorry, return on man, investment, sorry. people. Uh, but think about that. You got $50 to recover. You don't think that having, a, what is it, a 4x4 area illuminated with a better spectrum from day one? You'll yeah, you'll recover your sure. 50 bucks, I bet, and then some. Word, man. Well, thanks for sitting in here, Kenny. Appreciate the knowledge, as always, and I'm excited to run one bulb. I think I'm going to get that metal halide resin production I want and some awesome flowers. Well, you're doing something right, though, I will say. I looked at some of your flowers today, and, yeah, it's offensive crystals, man. Offensive. 
Oh, yeah, they're juicy. They're juicy. Downright arrogant. Word. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Kenny. Cool. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, Hordelux. And, uh, yeah, let's get going on with the show here. Got another solo album coming out soon, huh? Yes, sir. How many do you have now? Uh, this will be my 10th solo record. You about to smoke some weed up in here. I'm a working professional, and just like the dude in Scotty Reel, I love relaxing in my garden, both indoor and out. The problem, five to six days of the week, I'm on the go. My solution? Octopots. With Octopots, large containers are small. Blooming or not, I can leave my garden unattended for up to a week, and my plants don't skip a beat. Making Octopots this busy grower's dream. Go to realgrowers.com to see amazing pictures of your growing potential with an Octopot in your garden. All right, we're back. We're back with, uh, is this what we're smoking or what we did smoke or what we're going to smoke? You know what, man? I think this should be the best shit we smoked all week segment, man, because I've been smoking some good stuff, but I did hit a, I hit this one dispensary that had something that was grown indoors from uh, Pueblo. I guess there's some huge greenhouses in Pueblo. Yes, sir. And they are pumping out some crystally bud, man. Really delicious, man. So, yeah, let's bullshit about the uh, the critical mass that I had. Tell me. I don't yes. know anything about it was critical from mass Ver- other was, than biking, it sounds like. <laughs> it was from Burt's Dispensary and... It's uh, an indica, you know, pretty much a, I'm sure it's a hybrid, but it's an indica dominant hybrid. And I mean, this shit is dank, man. I have some pictures of it. I'll, I'll write a blog post about it, man. But really great, like a, a, a fruity flavor. I guess a little bit like, a, I guess it had a little bit of a diesel flavor to it, you know, a diesel finish, I'll say. But just a really great smoke and a heavy, 
like a one hit kind of one hit wonder kind of bud, you know. So one hit wonder. Yeah, I smoked some with a buddy of mine, and it wasn't a guy that I hang out with too often. So you know, it's kind of new conversation, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> I'm on another level." And some stats. It sounds like it's a cross of Afghanian skunk number one, not number two, number one right. skunk. Right. I think I started talking about this one last week, but uh, I think we got distracted with Boji from the OG man. Well, yeah, and then we had uh, the show before that where we had to put the new policy in, dude, where it was you know no more Monster J smoking from Doctor J because that show was all out of order, and I think we just got. We just, like, left the record on and talked randomly. Yeah, that affected us for days, man. We couldn't even reorder that show, man. So, yeah, now we have baddies. Today was a one-hit show, but a lot of them. <laughs> I man. take it old school sometimes with the aluminum one-hit. I don't have my, my vape. What well, dude's not smoking? I don't have, like, my vape kit. Or, we're not my vape kit. What is it? The, uh, the, uh... Man, see, I'm, I don't even do them, so I'm losing my... Uh, your dabber kit, yeah, man. Yeah, man, my dabber kit. You Word. don't have your electronic nail, dude. Dabbing's cool, don't get me wrong, but it's just funny to see all the different... Uh, apparati. Apparati and styles. It's almost like a subculture. Like, are you just a smoker? Are you a dabber, dude? Are you a vapor man? Vapor or dabber derpity or what's going on? You know, man, weed has always been about ritual, though. You know, whether you sit down and, and smoke the joint or pack the bong yeah. and you know, Rituals are crack good the too. ice cubes before you put it, you know, all that good stuff, man. Yeah, for sure. And putting that into it, that's like the other day I was actually jarring up some uh, refrigerator pickles, just, just where you make some pickles and put them in the vinegar and water and they're good like in two to three weeks in the fridge. Um, and it's like, man, I should just go. Yeah, maybe I'll go buy some. One, they're not the same. Two, the process or the ritual, if you will, makes it more enjoyable. And they're damn good when they come out, for sure. But, uh, man, good to hear about the critical mass. I'm going to tell you honestly, Scotty, the, I'm not going to talk about what the dude's smoking. Sometimes I feel like I get people a little bit bored because the dude's been growing not too much of the same. But, you know, I like the Island Sweet Skunk, the Sour Relief. I was smoking that Grape Crush for a while, which I actually just found a bag of with about i don't know maybe an ounce in it how old is too old for her <laughs> i mean 19, i know I, 1975 is that or just depends on how much you have because actually this bag uh it was from last year's outdoor harvest so it's not a year yet but almost coming up on a year old I, that's money right oh yeah man i did find another couple jars in uh that i just you know you get your little area where you have your herb set up your little mini bar of herb that were, I'm like, I don't know how old. I think they're two to three years old. They just had like an eighth and a quarter. I'm like, I just gotta, I gotta throw that shit out. I think. Yeah. Now that is too old. I will say because I went. And I, Can I'm you a... feed it to your dog? <laughs> now don't start hitting me up. I've said shit before, and people emailed me like your dog. No, that's. Cr I'm joking, guys. It's all good. <laughs> Dude, uh, I did go snowboarding uh, last uh, last summer. I went snowboarding last winter and went up and and. Some of the guys that were staying in the condo with us were like, oh, we hid some weed here, man. And it was three-year-old weed, and it tasted so shitty that I walked Ugh. back I walked back to my condo in the snow, which was about, I don't know, a quarter mile away, and got some decent weed and walked back. I mean, it was that bad. They were like, dude, you're pretty serious about your weed, no? That you'll walk in the snow to get something decent? I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm generally offended by that weed, man. <laughs> They found it in the children's toys, too, man, which is pretty weird. <laughs> man, well, like you said, uh, we're trying to get the line up on, uh, you know, what you all are smoking, too. You can tell us as well, uh, but 
get out, hook up with some dispensaries, see what they're selling, trying to get in the scene a little bit. Want to hook up, hopefully, with the clinic since I like growing their genetics. Um, they got five locations out here. See what they got going on. But we, you know, I, I was always curious. We try to teach people to grow and cover a lot of grow issues. If I wonder if any dispensaries find that to be like a conflict. I mean, they want to sell. So do they not want people growing their own? I mean, I don't know that there's as many. I haven't been in a while, but dispensaries selling cuts anymore. Like, a t- used to do it a lot more back in the day, although there is the clone store here in Denver. Well, I mean, what do you want to sell them? A $10 clone or, or five twenty dollars or a $10, $20 grams? Yeah. And I mean, to keep. Yeah, and it's like our buddy said over at uh, Way to Grow. Remember, he used to sell the orchids back in the day when he first opened up. Yeah, and he said the worst customers that came in were the ones that wanted to talk about orchids all day oh, and yeah. buy a ten dollar orchid when they left. You they know? saw the ad with like the the orchids in the yeah. picture that was back when there was only the Fort Collins store, and then like get the old ladies coming in wanting to uh, really. Where's okay? Let's learn about next thing you know. It's like yeah, teaching people to grow orchids in Colorado, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah, average sale is like you know eight hundred dollars for him normally, and the orchid <laughs> people are spending eight, eighteen bucks. Well, that's what's going to be up and coming, guys. Um, yeah, trying to do a little more in the scene, man. We're out here, you know, in in Denver, man, and I mean, there's so much going on. There's different festivals going on. There's different breeders, you know, and and not all. You know, big guys, you know, some of them like, uh, was, oh, how am I saying? Boji from the West Slope, right? Yeah. I believe right. you're, you're, our, our buddy Boji, man. I didn't say from the West Side. Yeah. He's just a guy I've known and, you know, we share secrets over the years, man. And, uh, I think we, we met at Max Yield Show a couple of years ago. But guys like that, man, that aren't necessarily out in the scene, but just producing tons and tons of really great quality weed, man. The weed that you're smoking at the dispensaries. Yes, keep doing that, guys. I mean, I had a uh, comment here in my email from a listener saying, you guys really do a good job. Keep pushing to grow your own, you know, so we don't have to deal with uh, the Monsanto, this, that, and the other thing. And as we're allowed to grow more outdoors, it's going to take that expensive factor out, you know. You don't have to complain about getting your light, your CO2 set up, all that shit. You just take it out, though. Yeah, I mean, it's already changing. Just like you saying, oh, man, I found an extra couple of ounces, you know, I, I must have forgotten about. You, <laughs> People you don't like, do, I never do that. Yeah, you don't do that when it's $400 an ounce, man, you know? No, and then you probably smoke it even if it is two to three years old. Yeah, you know? So, I mean, this is just, and even Dr. J with uh, being able to grow his, what was it, Sweet Buddha's sister or whatever it is. Whatever it is, it's the strain that he likes, man. It's the medicine that works for him. It's a real specific medicine that works for him. And the fact that he can just make it himself now at a very low cost is just awesome, man. Really yeah, is. It is awesome. I mean, that's just like some of the motivation with Dr. J growing and making the oil, the uh, Rick Simpson oil there, just to help people out as well as it's the only thing that really helps his wife's migraines well without going into any of the you know bullshit prescription arena. Yeah, man. I mean, give it away, give it away, give it away now. All right. No, we're not going to be able to play this on YouTube because the Chili Peppers are going to bitch. Third-party no. recognition, Scotty. But you know what I'm saying, man? Now you can afford to you know, make a whole bunch of Rick Simpson oil. Dr. J gives it to cancer patients, man. That is so cool, you know? Yeah, definitely. Let's get into the news, man. I got right. some good news. Good news is a little bit longer today. You, uh, As usual, like I said before, if you want to skip to the Grow Talk, you'll miss some good news. But feel free, but... We want to bring a little bit more news because we are in the news arena and, you know, this area of marijuana cultivation and marijuana in general, general 
He's getting oh, the hype, man. Yeah, so this first one, uh, this is the top 25 strains chosen. Yeah. I caught this uh, one morning. I was cruising through my uh, my RSS feed, and, man, I saw the 25 strains reviewed. I thought it would be kind of fun to go through them, you know? Yeah, I wanted to pick a couple out that uh, I How have did grown. Flow only make number 25, man? Number 25 is Flow, which is one of the best strains I've ever smoked, man. Okay, we can, start, we can start with that because I actually have a Flow outside now that's done by DJ Short. Popular strain, man. The thing grows awesome. It grows fist size colas outside, um, and it doesn't stretch too far. It's already in probably third week of flowering. It's ahead of my other uh, the LSD as well as, of course, the sour relief, which is mostly sativa. Which I am still get. I'm I'm getting more and more nervous about that. I'll talk about that a little bit later, though. Uh, but regardless. Easy to grow, great to grow, like Scotty's saying, awesome to smoke. Super um, crazy colors in there, like those blues and purples. Yeah, if you get the temperature change, the differential going on in the fall, it will definitely color up a little bit. Not like, you know, the Grape Crush actually looks like exotic flower color. It's crazy, but... Yeah, and not a monster plant either. You can keep this one in a five-gallon bucket, no problem. Sweet. I wanted to pick out the, uh, the other one down here. I haven't had it in a while. The Strawberry Cough. Strawberry, you passed right by Golden Goat. Man. I know, I'm Colorado's just Golden you Goat. Can, you can pick that next. All right, Strawberry Cough, because I grew that. By uh, the way, man, we're getting these from the cannabis.com. So cannabis.com will have uh, this twenty-five, what twenty-five top marijuana favorite strains. Yes, and it'll be in the show notes. So the strawberry cough I grew out as well, and I mean, no joke. This is Kyle Cushman has a story behind this, how he brought it out from back in the day. New York to Cali or something, but he he is the man behind. Um, I think believe just kind of naming the strain and getting it uh, getting it out there, getting it real popular. And I got a cut of it, and you know, sure enough, the, the strawberry cough is named appropriately. It's beautiful smell. Uh, however, it was prone to PM. Um, I had these. I had three of these in the tent, smaller setup, and then I also had a great white shark. And it was kind of crazy because the strawberry coughs, the last like three weeks of flowering, the PM came on. And then the great white shared the same airspace, even shared, you know, they even touched leaves. And uh, it did not get, it did not even get any powdery mildew. So yeah, really that bitch cool is to strong. See. That great white shark is strong, man. Yeah, and that's why you, when you want to pick strains, don't just go out and pick something because of its high. If you're going to grow it, you need to know its attributes. You need to know how tall it's going to get. What it likes, you know, there's definitely, like I said, I, my, my recommendation of glass slipper uh, from Reserva Provada as a beginner plant. It's because it barely, it doesn't stretch, it supports itself, it's a stout plant. Um, so, I don't know, I'm just giving you a little warning. I did keep the PM at bay uh, by spraying every other day with a combination. I would, when, I had, when I wanted to spend the money, I'd get the PM wash, and then other times I would just use pH water, adjust that pH water to 9 to change the leaf surface pH and just literally hit them, hit them every day almost. So, and it worked. It got. I mean, it was always there, the PM, but it was never there enough to get into the flowers because that's when you gotta just you panic. You know, you can't have a mold in your flowers. No, nah, I mean, you're pretty much screwed if you have mold in your flowers. I don't think there's any turning back. Exactly. What do you got on this list? I see a couple you might comment uh, on. I love Golden Goat, man. I don't, you don't remember giving me the Golden Goat the first. Uh... Shit, when I first is, got here, man? This is years now, man. Yeah, man, but I mean, it's it almost looks like Island Sweet Skunk, doesn't it? Yeah, I like... I, it's a little I, bit of a loose bud, lots of red hairs, big bulbous crystals. 
I will always say I trip out at all the names, man. Tahoe, right, well, let's go, look, look, right at number 22, you got Green Crack, which is honestly a big-time favorite. It's got that good sativa high to it. I remember I got locked in a hotel room and just had to come up with like a like a 72-column spreadsheet. And I just got the Green Crack out, man, and just... Green Crack, now I know. I mean, apparently Snoop Dogg is what it says here. He said he smoked some herbs so intense, he dubbed it. Green crack. Hey, now this one's a good one to grow, man. This one, big, fat buds, and it's got that sativa high to it, too, man. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I've seen a lot of money made with green crack. Give me a cut, green. dude. Yeah, we should we should actually find a cut, man. If y'all are in Colorado, man, hit us up. I'd grow some of this shit. You know, and really in summary, guys, we'll get on to the next story here. If you're a newer grower or whatever experience, just remember most of the – all these are going to be good, dude. It's about how it's grown because you can grow some, you know, shitty green crack and you can grow some that's unbelievable. So that's sometimes true. bad growers give good strains a bad name. So yeah, I just seen some vanilla kush, uh, same cut as mine and everything, but the guy didn't water correctly. Let the shit dry out between waterings way too much. And it was just a different looking plant. Man. Oh, it's no good, man. Yeah, really weird. No good at all. Let's have a grow off. That's what we need to do between some strains because we're going to have a, like, a new segment. Who's growing the best bud, dude? <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, man. So what else we got, man? What else in the news? news? Uh, marijuana compound may slow or halt progression of Alzheimer's. So this was a study published out there. I believe it was the University of South Florida, USF. Does that sound right? Yeah. So um, basically. This sounds disturbing. Like they're going to be like, well, he can't remember shit. Does he have Alzheimer's? No, he just smoked weed forever. It's not Alzheimer's. Just can't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, they're saying that the THC was helping, dude, and they did this study over a long period, and uh, they're saying, you know, it's since THC is natural and relatively safe, um, and they're saying in low doses it really helped people with Alzheimer's or preventative as well, which, you know, once we're able to do more studies on this plant, which I heard finally, you know, the government's starting to grow a lot more weed because they realize they're going to have to start doing studies so they yeah. can figure out how they make their money, too. But he's uh, out of the bottle on that one, man. <laughs> but, yeah, they found that the THC enhanced the uh, mitochondrial function, which is needed to supply energy and transmit signals to maintain a healthy brain. Hell, yeah, my brain must be real healthy then. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, they said it's uh, just dropping some knowledge out of the article that THC is known to be a potent antioxidant, which... With neuro neuroprotective properties. I mean, these words are awesome, right? Who doesn't want something with neuroprotective properties? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me, man? Doesn't silica have neuroprotective properties? <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, yeah, it just goes on. That, that bunch of good news. You know, low doses appear greater than the risk. And they said, it's. A, let me back up. The research noted that therapeutic benefits of THC at low doses appear greater than the associated risks of toxicity and memory impairment. So there's answer in your memory impairment, dude. They're saying the benefit is greater. And they say low doses, so you you know you're not gonna smoke a Dr. JJ. But uh it's yeah, I'm good I'm all for it. We can have THC helping people in the beginning stages or as a maintenance thing. I mean I'm on a maintenance THC plan, so I'll take it. Sometimes it's nice to forget. So what were we doing anyway? Okay. All right. So next story, uh, and then I'll let you, you jump in there, because this is another just good news one that tied in. I love the title. Sure. 
Couples who smoke marijuana are less likely to engage in domestic violence. Yeah, man. They're more into passive aggression. You know, the next story should be is couples that engage in whiskey drinking are more likely to engage in domestic violence. Hey, I seen a chick drinking whiskey one time hit her husband with a tree. Oh, man. That must have been been in the boonies in South Florida. It was at Woodstock. (laughs) With a tree. (laughs) So this study studied 634 couples over nine years of marriage. Starting in 1996, man. So they definitely uh, got after it for a while. And they're you can admitted- see that, man. When you want to go punch somebody in the face, you go back and just smoke a dube instead, man. Things usually feel a little bit better when you come back 20 minutes later, you know? Yeah. I can tell you, man. I'm, You know, if you want to just, yeah, spark up some, <laughs> make the living room a better atmosphere. You know, I have some from work, chilling, maybe going to watch a little uh, internet, Hulu, YouTube, whatever. Uh, just, just smoking down, dude. Just letting you know, ending the day, and uh, I swear you can see it in people all the time. Put two people in a room, get them a little stoned up. Usually, there's going to be some good conversation sparked. You know, who knows? They might start a podcast or something. You know, <laughs> so basically, I mean, this isn't news to me. I wouldn't figure that marijuana would do much of anything else. Maybe it might confuse the couples a little bit more in deep conversation, but right. Hell yeah, anything that reduces violence, you know. Couples also that smoke together stay together. I was going to punch my wife, but then I got high. Oh, the next song coming out, produced by <laughs> Scotty Reel. Hitting it up. Oh, shit. Right. Um, all right, moving on, moving on here. What do we got? What do we yeah, got? Yeah, man. All right, here we go, man. 80% of the customers going to pot shops are from out of state, man. So what's up with that, man? Well, yeah, and this story was uh, covered down in Pueblo, I believe, right? This is, hey, this is our buddy Ryan, right? Ryan's uh, also a uh, owner, yeah. I believe, or partner in the trimmer store here. Absolutely. And he's got the can of sewer down in Pueblo, which just opened up. Right. Uh, hey, remember we were going to go to that grand opening? Yes, uh, But do. then we got high. Then we got high. It's another lyric in the song. <laughs> the dispensary looks sweet over there. Uh, nice stuccoed out, professional-looking building. Uh, has a little green cross and a 64 and being down in Pueblo, that's what he's saying, man. He's, he's getting that business from, uh, what, Texas, New Mexico, sure. Kansas is Arizona. He says those are the predominantly the licenses he's seeing. And I'll tell you, I really hope those people aren't driving back with that herb through those States. Cause that's, that's not good, but, uh, it's a numbers game, baby, man, there's a really cool interior lobby here too, of a big open window to view the grow room. Cool shit, man. It's like just like what breweries have been doing forever, you know? Going in there, they got brewery tours, open windows of what they're doing, consume some of their product, hang out, have a good time. Yeah, that and is cool as hell, man. I always said it. Even when the, the dispensaries first came in 2009, uh, there was all sorts of different ones. Some were super stiff, and some were like, yo, come on in, sit on the couch, take a bong hit. I remember <laughs> I, I found my dispensary when I went in there. And that was it, like an office, wasn't it, or something? Like- it was in an office building. I mean, literally, I went to the wrong place, you know, the wrong door the first time, and I went to Farmers Insurance, you know. <laughs> and then I went to the dispensary though, and literally, they had they were like, "Hey, it's John's birthday. There's space cake if you want it." And then they were like, uh, "Oh, I saw the volcano. They had a volcano in the place with the light." On, you know? Love the volcano. It was lit green, and I, I knew that was my sign, man. I found my place. <laughs> and it was called Paradise City. 
Paradise I mean, City come back on. in the day, man. Just all you need is a sectional couch, a couple bags of weed, and just start slinging. That was good shit. <laughs> I tell you what, I've been to a couple dispensaries lately. And are they in business today? What's going on? No, it's weird that they're not, man. They didn't make the cut. <laughs> then, and, and, and this says 44% of all retail sales, man, are from out of state here. So thank you, tourists. Um, yeah, but think about it, man. If you can come to a, a place in America, okay, and stay in America, spend your dollar, and get some of the craziest, just the best weed in the you know in the world. Why not take a little weed vacation? I mean, what does it cost? Three or four hundred dollars to get on a plane and come here round trip for the weekend. Even if I'm in, if I like to smoke weed and I'm in Kansas City, damn, I, I'm coming to, to Denver. You know, and I'm going to do a little little weed tourism, man. Hell yeah, and we appreciate it. And yeah, most of the time you're probably getting some pretty damn good herb. Yeah, I think everybody wins, man. Everybody wins. All right, let's roll on. We got here Mile High. Mile High. Of course, it's Mile High. High MMJ, which would be medical marijuana. Patient numbers are concerning Colorado lawmakers. Did you get a take on this story? A little bit, man. I mean, what it says is that how the hell are there so many people that are 25 to 40 that are chronically sick that need weed? Because... You know, I mean, when you look at the demographics for chronically sick people, the 25 to 40 range doesn't really, uh, it isn't really where the, the bell curve is fattest. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they also are talking about, um, you know, trying to figure out the difference between recreational, they feel is not getting enough tax income because of the medical arena. You know, maybe they're thinking about black market, caregiver stuff, et cetera. But for me, get rid of all the, I mean, obviously, this is in dude's perfect world. Like, fuck all the regulation. It's a plant, man. Like, are my tomatoes regulated at all that I'm growing in my driveway? Are my peppers? No. So, I mean, I guess technically, if I yeah, want to start Yeah, but I mean, your three or six plants aren't regulated in your driveway. They turn the other the other cheek on those, no? Oh, my, my herb plants? Yeah. Yeah, but still, I am regulated in the sense of, yeah, I mean, you're right. How many I can have, what I can do with it, um, you know. All that shit. I, I'm, I'm not even for. That's what I'm saying. None of that either. Don't have rules on. If somebody wants to grow ten plants outside. Why not? Why can they only grow three in flowering? But I think what they're trying to avoid is I'm going to call the cops on you because we we split this weed and we're, we're supposed to split it and you rip me off. They don't. I don't think they want to hear that shit, man. Yeah, I don't know. I just like to say fuck the man. So. <laughs> <laughs> Too much regulation on the herb, dude. It's just a plant, Scotty. It's just a plant. You know, they're being very undude-like. So that's what I got to say. Whenever there's money, it's a plant that people pay a shitload of money for right now, They created that, though, dude. So we need to get away from that model. I know people in the biz don't want to hear that. They're laying down the millions of dollars to make money. But, man, you could just plant up, yeah, whole fields of shit and be all right. But you're right. With what it does to the, you know, the human body, just like alcohol, there's going to be a market and... uh I like all the markets, you know, keep them all rolling. Your four markets, is that what we're, what we're clearing up here, man? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I just get, I'm getting off point. I just I'll use the excuse of I'm too iry, Scotty, okay? Hell yeah, man. But, you know, with the patient numbers, why wouldn't there be? Why wouldn't the 25 to 40 crowd? I mean, people are taking Prozac. Or I don't even know what the hell they're taking, Lexapro and shit like that because they're stressed out or because their days suck or their jobs suck. Uh, smoking a little weed makes my shitty job sometimes a little bit better, you know what I mean? Oh, full on, man. It definitely makes it, you know, just in general, more creative. That's not for everybody, but, you know, 
They're not my favorite those... times to get higher before I go mountain biking and snowboarding. So it's like that's, you know, squashing some stereotypes. Not, I'm sure none of you listeners are that surprised. Or, you know, even if you want to, if you're at home and you're, you're you're about to do some coloring book action with the kids. Oh, yeah, you know, man. Step, Makes step it way better. Your, your private's room or your bathroom, you get it a little stoned up, and guess what? You're coloring better, and you're more excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to use the velvety colors. Exactly. And, like, that's just making your day more interesting with zero negative health effects, unlike a lot of other things out there. Sure. Sure. All right. <laughs> This one I heard about in the news here. This was, I think, last week. But marijuana grow discovered oh, when pursuit suspect crashes into L.A. warehouse, dude. So the thing that sucked about this is he had 700 or 800 plants they reported. You know, I know, you know, law officials sometimes have a hard time with realistic plant counts when they're looking at an easy cloner potentially. Right. But, dude, that sucks. Like, full-on crashed car comes in here, opens up like bloom room to the world like right just crashes through a brick wall that's a sign you know that's a sign in life i don't know what you do with it but that's some sort of sign so the guy the (laughs) guy was freaking airborne it says he made this erratic turn and the the guy's jetta went airborne so there's got to be some bad karma on some level involved in there. No? Yeah. What do you do if you're in there, man, and you're just gardening? Like, do you just, like, start beating the guy in the Jetta on twofold? Like, one, you <laughs> scared the shit out of me, almost kill me, two, my grow room is completely exposed. Talk about a quick right. clean out, man. How much time? I mean, you don't have any time. I guess the guy was in pursuit, so. Yeah, I would just pretend I was a passenger in the Jetta. I've heard of some people I mean? out there having to have these record amount of time for cleanups because they come in, they come in, clean out. Oh, Back yeah. in the day. Anyway. Oh, man. All right. You got three days to get this place clean, man. Shit. I've heard people say, like, three hours. <laughs> Good luck. All Good right. Luck. Flush it all down the toilet. Push that reflector in there. Get it. All right. What do we got, man? We got one yeah, last Yeah, one last story. news story here, guys. Come on. Give me some culture. Well, you, give me you, some culture. you got the Florida vibe. You were down there longer than me. But Miami, and guys, if you haven't, you know, I've been here since uh, 02, so don't be hating. There's a lot of these Floridians coming out here. I heard they're even making their own T-shirts now, man. So it's kind of crazy. Um, and, of course, well, there's a lot of good growers. Bring it on out, sure. Plus, yeah, I mean, hey, you know why, that, why uh, like, Jack Daniels and Jim Beam, while they wound up in those mountains? I mean, there, there was water there, good water. But they were persecuted, man. On the East Coast, they were persecuted for uh, distilling their own spirits. But, and, yeah, and they were pushed into the mountains. Into the mountains, nobody gave a shit. It was fairly lawless over there. You know, it's it's kind of, I don't say it's lawless out here, but it's the same thing. I was tired of being a fucking criminal for smoking weed in, in Florida, <laughs> you know? So I came out to where I don't have to be. Yeah, you good know? point, good point. I mean, shit, I, like I said, I go to the bus stop with a, a, a cop that's on the drug task force. Uh, my buddy that owns the glass shop, his next door neighbor is a metro task force cop. And they don't give a shit about weed. And, you know, I don't know, maybe deep down inside a little bit. But for the most part, man, they see they see heroin deals going on right in the parking lot, you know, right in the McDonald's parking lot. And they say, hey, you know what, man, if you want to smoke your weed the same amount for the last 25 years, it doesn't affect your health. God love you. Go do it, man. You know, we're out to try to help these people or try to get this, this heroin off the street or this meth off the street or, you know, get the guy that's deciding to rob a bank. What do you think you then know? about the uh, story here titled that Miami Democrats, they want full legalization. I mean, down in Florida, like skip all the medical shit. It sounds like Florida's just still going to be trying to figure this out for a while. Yeah, Florida's such a dirty state too man with like really dirty politicians that are you know in in the pockets of big business and big lobby 
that good Talk luck, Tommy man. Guido or what? Yeah, good luck, man. Yeah, no, it ain't Guido's. You know, it ain't, it, it ain't something, nothing like that, man. It's like real high end lobbyists, man. So you, you don't know? think they'll let the full legalization come? Uh, Probably they will with some crazy ass system to it. I don't know. You know, all I know is the law that they managed to get on the books now sucks, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah well, they are obviously are looking at the uh, positive impact down there. I mean, they need – I haven't been there in a few years, maybe a year and a half, but definitely still saw a lot of closed-up commercial retail shit on, you know, major strips down there still look like they're yeah. But they will be killing each other for weed down there, man. That's what scares me. You know, you'll be you'll have deliberate deliberate. We're gonna steal a a fire truck and drive it through a grow room wall, man. Oh, you know, man. yeah. I mean, you're gonna see crazy shit happen there. Yeah, you got guess maybe they're right. You got to grow it out away from the uh, urban areas, maybe out in the boonies, out in Gator Gator alleys. Man, you you're on to what what you said. You're on to something, man. We have to devalue it as much as I hate to say it. We've got to make it so it's not worth stealing you know everybody grows their own everybody has their own and it becomes something that you and the world is a better place yeah you know i I, that's where that overgrow comes in you know as much as a a lot of people are going to make a lot less money and things sure as shit are going to change but when everybody's got their own weed just like everybody's got their own you know homegrown tomatoes or homegrown peppers i think the world would be a better place you know you don't see people breaking into uh, to people's uh, uh, greenhouses to steal their pepper plants. No, not at all. Uh, one more, one more. I have here. This is listener news, man. This uh, this is an email to me. Uh, he says, "Dude, you're always talking about experience flying with weed on you. I mean, I don't. I mean, we'd have different stories. Don't don't say I'm talking. No, we're talking about when our friend. Oh no, the other guy named. Yeah, dude. that other dude. That guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. this listener he says, "Well, I've traveled plenty of times, and he always hides two joints in his carry on without any problems. I love him already. He's got the two joint <laughs> yes. policy in his carry on. I love. I've successfully done this countless of times in the past until today. I don't know why." But when I was about to board my plane, he already passed through TSA. Two undercovers pulled him to the side, and they claim they did that because he booked 24 hours prior to his departure, and that raises a flag. Uh, anyway, they asked to search my bag, and behold the glory of finding my two joints. He said they smelled strong, and I guess, <laughs> in parentheses, I guess that fish does bring the dank. <laughs> oh, man, glad we could help. So he got a bit, a bit scared, and... Um, he was forward about talking the plant as a professional, not a stoner. You know, he didn't, you know, just really trying to educate him. When he threw out a few Colorado and California points of view on the plant, uh, he said that Florida is next to, among many others, to be legal. Trying to smooth him a little bit. Come on, guys. Like, sure. He's just a TSA guys, man. You can. Well, these are probably on, un- these are undercover. These are oh, law okay. enforcement. TSA oh, okay. is not gotcha. a joke, but man, sometimes I, I don't know. So long story short, they let him go, took his joints, let him go. And he said, it's funny, I told the guy that he just wanted to have some good smoke when he arrives and that I don't support drug dealing. And he looked at me and said, well, how are you getting yours? And he's like, well, in his head, he was about to be like, well, I'm a grower, dude, like I grow my own. But, of course, you know, he's in Florida. He kept his mouth shut because, um, of course, here, we have no issue explaining that. So he says, I guess there's some cool folks out there not out to bust people because he could have, like he's making the point, they could have definitely arrested him, ruined his trip. And um, and he said, FYI, I think they were smokers. <laughs> so they got his two J's. Yeah, right. But uh, regardless, man, funny story. That's the listener news. Be careful. I, I've never, ever tried to take 
joints on carry on at all. Or like, I mean, I've heard of people hiding things in suitcases and different stuff in different ways when you're just going to an area that you just feel you're not going to be able to find any herb at all. But be so very careful. You definitely don't want to ruin a leisurely trip with some herb. No, no. I mean, remember my buddy, that guy that um he died. But before he died, he used to go and take a uh, hash and break it up and throw it in the trail mix. Oh, nice. Yeah, man, that was a pretty cool guy, man. Hell yeah, that is a good trick just because, yeah, you're you're going to have to dig all through it. So don't listen to that. Yeah. If you are TSA, next thing we know, everybody's trail mix is going to be fucked with. All right, let's take a... That guy died, so you don't have to search for that anymore, TSA. All right. All right, I'm not laughing about the died part. Stop it, Scotty. Let's take a break. We've got the Grow Talk coming up. Uh, more details on our what's growing on. And, uh, yeah, man guys like what you're listening to give us a little support and uh yeah just come on over to dude grows dude grow show dudegrowshow.com or man most important we're really trying to boost this youtube up uh because it's a great way we're going to be going into more video stuff soon because you guys need to see what we're doing what we're working with what products we're pushing yeah man we've even been invited to film at a glass studio man watching them blow some glass trial the uh the the new equipment yeah and i feel for growers you know i I had a privilege the other day that i can walk around a greenhouse filled with weed and take video um you know that shit is on such the down low in other states like ain't nobody going up in that greenhouse so i want to get that out to all you growers that aren't here in colorado and check it out over on the dude grows youtube channel so let's take a quick break scotty unless you gotta chime in something I was just going to say, man, I've definitely been trying to step my game up with some video. Uh, you wouldn't notice it because I haven't released any of it, but uh, definitely working on doing some cool things with video. So stay tuned. Word. We'll be right back with a whole bunch of grow talk. Grow your own knowledge, yo. Yeah, man. Let's grow it, man. Let's smoke it first, man. All right. I'm packing it now. Hey, y'all. It's Scotty Real here talking about Recharge. And if you don't know, Recharge is my shotgun blast of organic goodness that takes the guesswork out of growing great herb. What makes Recharge unlike any other product in the store is my soil biology. Each gram of Recharge has over 400 million CFU of living soil bacteria that act like billions of tiny little stomachs, voraciously eating and delivering nutrients to the plant, all nicely wrapped up in this delicious organic package. The results are serious dank flavor and crazy strong and vigorous plants. And if you don't believe me, just ask Courtney. Doing this talk with this brother, guys, is just highlighting the good essence of Recharge. Now that's what I'm saying. So go on over to realgrowers.com and check out Recharge. You'll be glad you did. Hi there, boys and girls. Hi there, boys Would you like to come on a wonderful like trip with me? Or you could be most anything you'd like to be. You'd like to be. Puff the magic. Puff the magic.
Hey guys, remember that there's plenty more great grow knowledge over at DudeGrows.com. So go check out all of our news, videos, and latest articles about growing great weed without all the bullshit. And remember, it's donations from listeners like you that keep the real deal marijuana grow knowledge coming at ya. So visit DudeGrows.com and be the DGC. We used to talk about what bulb to go with, the Plant Max or the Hortolux or Ushio. And I mean, I think now it's done if you're a Colorado grower. $60 thousand watt Hortolux is over at Way to Grow, dude. Say, hey, I'm, I want to use Dude Grow's account. I want to get that $60 deal on the thousand watt Hortoluxes. All right, back. The Grow Talk, man. The Grow Talk. I love the favorite part of the show. I mean, all my parts are the favorite part. What am I saying? I like I like jiving. I like jiving about the grow and the culture. But this is the grow talk. We get you listeners engaged. All these are pulled off of different combinations. Either somebody got a hold of Scotty over at a 420 Grow Lab or realgrowers.com. You got the little questions, comments tab. Just submit there. I'm Dude Grows at Gmail. Or you comment on any of my videos. I'm usually checking that shit out. And we just, you know, pull what we can and start start talking grow. Yeah, man. Are you, are you up for it, Scotty? Are you feeling pumped or what? Yeah, man. Let me, let, me, let me lay down here, man. What do we got? Yeah, what do we got? You taking your eight-hour buzz pill instead of the five-hour energy or what? <laughs> Do they come that, does that eight-hour buzz come in pill form now? I don't know. Oh, I like that. <laughs> All right. First, uh, first, first situation here. Okay. I am a grower and a fan of the podcast. I'm just finishing up my first organic grow. For flower, I run two tents with 600s and 6-inch max fans from CanFan. No humidity control or AC, which he says is no longer an issue since summer is ending. Right. And he ran uh, Sani's Jackberry and Caramel Candy Kush in two-gallon smart pots, five plants in each scrog. I had you pegged for a caramel guy, not a caramel guy. man. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it, I'm reading it as caramel. Wow, look at you. I went, he went, uh, he did a mix, which I kind of like. Maybe you tell me what you think of this mix. It's cocoa, worm castings, and he says about 30% worm castings. Shit, yeah, man. Sounds good yeah, to me. I, I like that. Sounds like me when I'm rich, man. He also, castings. He also added some uh, AgroTab organic soil tablets, two per pot, which he said he's used before. I'm not familiar with those, but Take it sounds like Take two of these a, and call me in the morning. Two per pot, and you're good to go. Sounds like probably a compressed like type of... Uh, I don't know. Organic Please say nutrient. microbial. Please say microbial. <laughs> and he said he he's used them outdoors on his veggies. Awesome results. So he also used some mycorrhizae and some uh, microbe life photo plus. Another beneficial product out there. And he said everything was looking sharp All right. until he added oh tea. Wait, what's and, the key word in that sentence? Everything was looking sharp. Hopefully, it's not the was. Yeah. <laughs> and he added a tea and flour, which consisted of molasses. Worm castings, uh, General Organics CalMag, which is just an organic CalMag, smells like apple cider. Right. And alfalfa meal. He thinks he had too much alfalfa. He read that alfalfa has a natural growth hormone, and he realized that it's also very high in nitrogen, which is not, you know, good into flour. That natural growth hormone is the tricantinol that he's talking about. Yeah, and he's hoping that we could help him out with some advice on organics. He's had good success with synthetics in the past. But would love to dial simple organic method that is still good, you know, has good yields with dynamite organic flavor. Hell yeah. Does the, mess, the method I came up with sound good? Could have the tea been a problem? Uh, really appreciate any devi- advice. And he has one more question here we'll dab into, dab into after we uh, handle the first part. So this is where I say, Scotty, 
um, if you're a newer organic grower, and I never have considered myself like the TLO organics, but products are out there. I it's hard to tell without you know pictures being there. A whole bunch of factors what could be wrong. Your tea sounds you know you like those tea ingredients, molasses, worm castings, and a little cow mag and alfalfa meal. I mean, I'm not a tea brewer, so I'm kind of would be. You know, I would be Scotty unreal if I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> it sounds very good. I don't know much about making my own teas. You know, I kind of take this, took the shortcut and just bought my microbes concentrated in spore format. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, I once, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the it. one thing that my formulator was telling me about the teas was that they can go anaerobic very quickly or other things can be introduced that you're not intending on brewing but dominant species, and you, they can take over and really make a tea into something that it, it shouldn't be. So, you know, he was kind of saying that you really have to be decent at brewing teas if you're going to do it, and some there are, there are things that can go wrong. I totally agree. I can tell you that I got some information off buildasoil.com here. Jeremy's recipe, you know, you didn't mention how much alfalfa you used, that you might have used too much, is one cup of alfalfa. To four to five gallons of water, and he lets it sit for two to four days without an air source, with or without an air source. It says. Um, I so, guess that's to get that tricanthinol, some kind of an alcohol, right? So I imagine that's what the fermenting's all about. I think so. I mean, as you say, uh, the, the tricanthinol is really a good thing that we like with alfalfa. It's the, you know, he calls it a powerful plant growth regulator, um, and yeah, it has all kinds of good stuff in it, vitamins, etc. So that's the ratio to tell if you that was your problem one cup of alfalfa to four to five gallons of water but like scotty said i take the shortcut as well it's it's not really a shortcut indoor gardening you know growing cannabis indoors has really brought out a lot of cool products they've been around in commercial egg for a while but not in a eight ounce size per se so you're able to get in a product like recharge and you know there's a lot of other products out there um, that you mentioned the uh, photosynthesis plus and some mycorrhizae the thing with recharge is it has everything you don't need. That, that is your tea in a container right there, okay? So you just put a couple scoops and a gallon of water, shake it up. Don't even worry about the pH as long as you have quality water and water it in. You're done. And people do brew it. I mean, I don't. I ain't trying to ch- turn this into a recharge commercial by any means. And as a matter of fact, we'll we'll, we'll drop all that, man. But I don't. I really don't uh, have any specific information for him, man. I don't know what could be going wrong. There's a, there's well, quite a bit of variables learning, there, man. You keep know. It, Keep it simple. I would uh, make sure you have your, your ratios correct for what you're putting in your tea there. It's hard to overuse worm castings. Uh, again, molasses, the geocalmag using per the label. Maybe your alfalfa meal is it. But if you're not comfortable, skip all that. There's even products like Botanic Air has a uh, Pure Blend Pro Tea Mix, a really light nutrient tea mix already made. And when you're going with those options, you're still staying pretty damn organic. You know, you're just relying on other people who with the expertise to have the formula proper for you. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I, I'm trying to read and find the problem. What, what happened? His plants got toasted. It, it just or? doesn't say exactly what happened. It just didn't go well. So right. you just want some tips on organic. You know, plan ahead too, and don't give up on your synthetics, man. And use them a little bit at quarter strength. Yeah, you know? be careful. You're not putting a ton of dead microbes on your soil instead of nice living ones. That could be a big problem. Yeah, everything should be dated. Uh, usually, most microbes have a pretty damn good shelf life, but still. No, I mean brewing. You know, oh, you're brewing! Letting yeah, them brew, they're living, then and... they're past their half life, and then they're dead. Yeah, and I again, I haven't. We we met another grower here, uh, uh, Bo out there, West Side West Slope Bo, 
that, uh, you know, his base is from, uh, I think it's Cutting Edge Solutions. Um, but he still has a lot of organic inputs with the fish, and he's using, you know, all the beneficial microbes. But he uses still that base because he relies on it just to, you know, cover all, all of your bases. So you don't have to give up on the synthetics, but if you're going full, full organic, plan ahead. Use some of the products out there that are already made perfect for you to use. Yeah, I mean, this is a great question because this is what scares me about going organic. You know, is that you can't shortcut and just all of a sudden say, man, I'm going to add some uh, some CalMag real quick, you know, or I'm going to add some uh, nitrogen real fast. You know, you're kind of stuck with what you did two weeks ago or a month Definitely. ago. Definitely. And I'll bet you a good resource would be uh, Jeremy over there at Build-A-Soil. He'll probably pick up the phone and BS with you if you're wanting to make some of your own mixes and use raw ingredients like that. He also has some PDF or on his site and all kinds of instructions just go check that shit out man you'll yeah. you'll get some good information and put up some pics on grow weed easy every there's some really smart people up there there's a grow weed easy uh group on google plus is that where nebula hayes hangs out yeah man and they, they really do give good advice though you can definitely find some some folks there that'll give you good advice <laughs> second quick part of his question where can I find Reserva Provada Colorado Genetics? I'm a medical patient in Massachusetts. Does that make me shit out of luck? <laughs> Keep up the good work, dude. You know, depending on what you want to do, you're not shit out of luck. So it, they're out here. Again, I have to clarify um, easy enough if you just look. I don't know if they sell seeds to anybody without a state license because it's not like they're going to – it doesn't make sense, right? We're going to have to stay – oh, you could have moved here, of course, without a state Ooh, license, yeah. but – um transporting seeds would be illegal yeah you need a, a colorado friend but their seeds are all available here at the clinic but i'm pretty sure you could still find maybe through the dna genetics or if you just look around out there for uh you know some of their genetics that they'd be available through some seed distributors potentially so look at that angle be careful with what you're doing and good luck don't break any laws next question What's up, dude and Scotty? I'm a new grower on his second grow. He's from the Carolinas. Does not yeah, say which one. He asked me what was though. up, man. What's up? Yeah. What's, what's up, up, man? He's being non-specific. So I'm South yeah. Carolina or North Carolina. We Hell do not yeah, know. Man. That's how down. That's how undercover you are out there. So no love with my new hobby. I oh love it. man, <laughs> come on. Let's give him an oh man. So I really want to thank y'all for the show. Where I'm from, I have no one to talk to about this. There are two grow stores in my city. One is a big box chain, and the other is locally owned. I'm torn a lot of times because the big box has the better prices, but the local store seems more willing to give advice, even though it's coded. Right. You know, yes. Flowers, man. How flowers. are your tomatoes doing, buddy? <laughs> well, we want to talk about how your weed's doing. Anyway, he says, I intended on keeping this short. I just spent a few days in Vegas. What is funny is that i constantly thinking about my babies. We've all, you know, when you travel... You're away from your garden. You're like, my neighbor always gives me shit. I'm like, because he's like, he's, I'm texting him and asking him about how the garden's doing. And he's like, aren't you worried about your pets? It's like, no, dude, just take care of the plants. Because um, the pets let you know, you know, at least they can let, they can bark at you or sure. growl at you and shit. The plants sure. just die. Right. Uh, two questions. Is there a cost effective way to remove chloramine? And uh, I came, he came across a John Colorvid, which, Scott showed me this cool dude the other day. Uh, grow your, grow your greens. Growing your greens. Growing man. your greens. Yeah, I've been a fan of his for a while, man. I actually called him and talked to him, man. Cool as hell guy, man. Yeah, so totally. I, think... I don't know if he can say it or not, but he is so pro the movement, man. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and he's got a shit ton of great videos and things if you guys are interested in growing your own food or just learning about soil, compost. All of it transfers over to growing cannabis, so, I mean, almost all of it. Um, so he wanted to know about uh, an inline filter to remove uh, chloramine, he says here. I did find a John Colorvita on uh, chlorine, but not chloramine. So to my I just knowledge, recently seen some stuff on chloramine. Actually, it's super stable. You cannot bubble chloramine out. You know who it was? It was on the Rev. I was listening to the Rev talk. And yeah, and he, he gave deal. like a forty-five minute speech, and he really talked about chloramine and that while chlorine will bubble out in a day. You know, you talk to a lot of old old school guys that are like, "Oh, I bubble my water for a day. I don't need to filter it." The chloramine is super stable. It's chlorine and ammonia mixed together, and it will stay stabilized in the water for four, five, six weeks, maybe even longer. So you got to just use a good carbon filter to get it out. You don't need to RO the water. You just need to use a carbon now, filter. Now, don't get me wrong. This is all going to be to the extent of what you want to do. For example, my outdoor water uh, is either rainwater if it's raining, and if it's not raining, I'm filling up my 50-gallon container with hose water, and it's just bubbling off. I'm yeah, not... but how do you remove your chloramines, dude? Well, you did the tests, right, Scotty? You said you tested um, when you were testing you know, different living bacteria, mycorrhizae, like Petri dish culture or whatever up at CSU. Did they not do a test with tap water versus filtered water? Yes, they did. As a matter of fact, I just reached out to that girl, and she is going to come on the podcast and start doing some segments. She's a biologist now for New Belgium Brewery. Oh, so, sweet. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, she definitely did the test. But the thing is that we're in Rocky Mountains. The parts per million of our water is, what, 60-something right out of the uh, tap? It depends. Yeah, I should measure that soon. Yeah, and it's super cold. It, it, it's stored cool, so... We don't have to put all the all the junk. We have pretty darn good water. Dude, I got people coming over to my house tomorrow. They're like the salesmen that try. They come to your door to take a sample of water, and they say they're like with this environment, whatever group. Really, they're just trying to sell fucking water filters. Yeah, you're going to die. So man. They, they take a sample of my water, and it's like two months later, and they call me. We have the results. We'd like to come over. And I know what they try to do is sell you like a fucking four or $5,000 whole house water filtration system. And I warned them, and I said, hey, I get good access to this equipment. I could buy RO filters if I want them. I can do whatever. I'm, I'm water knowledgeable, we'll say. So yeah, man. They don't know when they give me these test results. I hope they coincide because I also have, of course, pH meters. I'm going to borrow an EC meter just so I can, like, mess with them a little bit. And because uh, don't get me wrong, I'm for a whole house system if you want to be that luxurious. But they don't know what they're going to run into with the dude. You know, so. with all the thoughts on microbes, you got microbes in your gut and stuff like that. I have stopped drinking tap water. <laughs> yeah, but the results of those tests, I don't know if we said, like, they were even, right? Like, Yeah, there was good. no no, de no uh, discernible degradation. And I understand when people are spending, you know, upwards of whatever, 30 bucks, 40 bucks for, like, an 8-ounce container of dry living microbes. They, they want to make sure they're not killing any with their water for sure. Sure. My number one recommendation, though, back to the question for chloramines, uh, small boy from Hydrologic. Runs like $100. The filter it comes with won't do it. You're going to have to throw down on, like, I think a $35 filter. Right. It's called, like, the KD-ADF or whatever. It's basically just a fancier uh, carbon filter that will remove the chloramines. You go, dude. And I think you'll get, like, 3,000 gallons or some shit out of it. So after the initial investment, it's not a bad gig just to get that filter. Look at, uh, you have that hydro store. 
by your place. Active Aqua is a Hydro Farm brand that has cheaper shit sometimes. They might have an option for a little cheaper than Hydrologic. Yeah, and I mean, you can find good carbon filters, you know, a lot of places. It just so happens the hydro industry's gotten fairly competitive as to where a tall boy or, or a small boy, those are uh, really good deals. Yeah, it's not really. I've heard of people just go to Home Depot and get. It really gets close to the same price, Um, and they work great. Quarter inch lines out the small boy. It's not super high flow. It wouldn't be apical for a big garden, but yeah, I love my tall boy, man. um, Definitely, if you can, that's that's what I run for the indoor garden is the small boy with the uh, fancier carbon filter, and it, it does me good. So. That's how you should take care of your water. I stay away from RO because I don't like the wastewater aspect. If you're a full-on turbo hydro grower, I think the RO is probably worth it. Unless you got shit water. Yeah, good point. You know, it depends. If you're running the water that we're running up here, then you don't need to RO this water. It's beautiful, man. It's coming right off a mountain spring, yo. Yes, it is. But if you're in L.A., man, where you've got to chew the water before you swallow it, to quote uh, Dave from... uh, from uh, God dang it, Dynagro, man, Dynagro. That was his line, dude. Before you swallow that it, was his line. That, is that where was that out in Cali? Yeah, that's out in. I mean, it's seven hundred fifty parts per million out of the tap. I oh mean, my! So God. that's a whole different ball game there. They so. don't even have much of it. My bro lives out in Pasadena, and he's. I'm like, are people really acting concerned about that? He's like, you know, until the tap stop pouring, dude. You know, because they, they're in an epic drought right now. Yeah, I know some farmers out there, though, and there's a lot of unregulated wells being tapped. Yeah, they're I drilling mean, away like crazy. Yeah, it's like three, I think it's three months to get a well drilled out there. Dear God. Yeah. Rape the earth, but that is definitely a lot of farmland kicking. It's a lot of straws, man, a lot of straws in that aquifer. All right, so let's go on to another question here and try not to get too crazy. Man. A russet mites, man. Oh, man, um, well, you got to bum me out. <laughs> said uh, This is a grower ran across on my video. I put a couple videos out on russet mites. One of them is like 12 minutes long on identifying them and shit, so go check that out. The dude grows on YouTube. This guy is in southwest Colorado. Uh, he's never seen these bastards till this year. Fortunately, our diagnosis of the true problem has come to light. We did have a good integrated pest management system in place, and for that reason, we are still rolling, but these mites are starting to turn the tide. I have a large greenhouse, and of course, we are in full flower. I watched your video, and I'm very thankful for your info, but my big question is, do you have any thoughts on using a mite predator at this stage? Namely, Scott, do you want to take it away? Oh, man, what do we got? Galena Dramas. Occidentalists, how's that? That sounds really professional, man. Any input would be appreciated. So I looked up this species of predator mite. I saw them being used on spider mites. I don't know of a predator that would be effective off the top of my head on russet mites. And then on top of that, you're usually combating russet mites with things that are going to kill your predator mites anyway. Maybe they need that Met 52, man. Met 52, though, is for... uh, Mites? No, Met 52 is uh, imichloroprid, isn't it, for in the soil? Uh-huh. That's, the bi- that's that new bioinsecticide that I was just bullshitting about earlier. Met 52 is a uh, uh, beneficial fungus. Yeah, but you're thinking uh, root aphids, no? Uh, it, it works for root aphids, but here, I'm on their website right now, met52ec.com. Only Met52ec gives you crop-safe control of thrips, mites, and white flies. 
while strengthening your resistance management and beneficial insect program. So I'm assuming you're going to have to spray for russet mites. Is this something that you would spray? Either spray or, or, or root drench. So then it would go, if it's a fungus, it would... Yeah, I guess you would have to spray it. Yeah, you're going to have to. To my knowledge, the russet mites are living in the leaves uh, mainly. And, yeah, you have to make contact on them on the leaf surface. And, uh, you know, the products I use are going to fuck with beneficials. And usually, I think in a greenhouse situation, beneficials are part of your IPM. And then when you start to have a problem, you, you typically, I think, are taking more extreme measures... Uh, to get rid of your problem and then go back to your IPM, which is, you know, running beneficial bugs if you want, etc. So definitely tough um, in a greenhouse situation. The only way I was able to beat the hemp russet mites was because I had a pretty controlled environment. I could pull each plant out of my room literally and dance around it with a two-gallon pump sprayer and get I cover every millimeter of that plant. And that's not always going to happen. I can tell you in Dr. J's greenhouse the other day, if you had to spray for a problem, there's no way in hell... You're catching every leaf. Now, granted, if you leave a little, you might beat the population down a lot, right? Um, and then you, you're able to roll on, at least get your harvest out, knowing that maybe there's a few still there, but it didn't take your whole crop. Sure. But, uh, the, you know, the other tricks I did between lowering the temperature of my room down to, like, you know, upper 60s for a few days so they couldn't breed while I was making treatments and being able to play Mother Nature with the environment uh, definitely going to be tough in a greenhouse. I mean, a few things you could do. What do you recommend? I mean, spraying, obviously, a rotation, Azimax, neem on these guys. They're small and they're tough, though. I mean, I wonder if uh, if the Easy Wet SE would work. I almost want to send you a quart for you to try it, man, you know? the um, I think that would. I think the main thing for me was I used three products. I used uh, No Spider Mites, which is just a citronella uh botanical oil and then i also used uh mighty wash which like easy wet in some way i think it's just a smothering type of agent right like, right you make contact it smothers them out they can't breathe and they die sounds about right and then i also used ed rosenthal's um original. zero tolerance because the zero tolerance i diluted it 50 percent because that shit is strong even in the ready to use but it's got the cinnamon in it and uh, i did some reading up on cinnamon and hemp russet mites so those, oh yeah, and one more because I had it. Bonide eight was in the rotation with the permethrin. Now, bonide eight on flowers that have still thirty days to go. I, I don't know. I think I'm okay with that. On the label, it says like you can spray fruits and vegetables up to day of harvest, but that always yeah. sketches me out. I, it's made from chrysanthemums, man. Definitely, I'm fine with the like the no spider mite product or any of those essential oil products that are on the lighter. Like the no spider mite was on the lighter of of smells. Like I can mix up a whole two-gallon pump sprayer of it and smell it and know it wasn't going to really fuck with my flowers as long as I still had, you know, three weeks left. So uh, spraying shit out, man, in a greenhouse is what you have to do, and you have to get crazy coverage. Maybe get into a fogger um, as far as not like a, you know, a pyrethrum bomb you throw out, but uh, a handheld fogger that'll spray these solutions out. And, yeah, they're awesome. And hit better. So, and yeah, just keep, if nothing else, don't feel down. If you're beating the population down, then uh, at least you're winning the battle enough to harvest is what you need to do. And then after that, yeah, get back on your IPM like crazy. Like crazy. Absolutely. when winter comes, open up the doors and But freeze check out them. some of these beneficial funguses, you know. They they might work, man. There's a couple of them that might work. Dang, there was one other one that I'd heard of, man. I haven't heard of them for the leaf zone yet. Yeah, you're right, man. There Root was a zone, no- though, I'm- yes. Well, why does it say, uh, why, how are they getting thrips and mites and white flies then? 
You know, I'm confused, man. We'll have to do some anyway, more research. Like Neither said, of us is an exectitis. Yeah. We don't. I don't have bugs either, man. So I uh, don't use these. We'll have to get more bugs so but we can know more about these products. People been loving this one, man. You know, Monsanto hasn't been paying me to say anything either. Because <laughs> well, I'm drinking out of my Monsanto coffee mug, man. You know. Let's take a quick break. Little little love for the supporters and come right back, man. More grow talk coming up here. Three three, four more questions and then what's growing on. We'll be right back, guys. Yeah, man. So you don't have to stop that, right? We're rolling. All right, dude. Grow show. We're back, guys. We have uh let's see here. Three more questions. Three more. Where am I at? Where am I at? All right. I found it. What's up, dude and Scotty? Hello from the Commonwealth. Real quick, man, I just wanted to comment on that. This is interesting, guys. This is about beneficials and hydroponics. Wanted to comment on the whole hydro recharge issue. It is not only okay to use recharge or any other microbial inoculant in the hydro. It is a new trend that has become commonplace more and more. Hydro growers, and I do mean real hydro growers, DWC, RDWC, ebb and flow, damn, bamming them out. All these systems are using them. The process is a little different than just adding it to your res, which I'm sure would be okay and probably work. But instead, you brew a tea. 48 hours, worm castings, ancient forest, humus. Humus. I'm hungry for hummus. Yeah, I'll eat that hummus, man. Ancient fort, humus in tea bag or woman's stockings. He does one cup of each per two gallons. And then he adds your recharge or let it brew. And he also really, this grower uses... uh. I believe great white and something else, but it's trying to recharge too. But like I said, I wanted to bring this up. Um, obviously you hear about recharging the show because we, we, we like the product, but this in hydro, I haven't been able to believe in. Um, he keeps the water temperature 70 to 75, which to me is getting in a problem area. Um, and he says if you're just using some of the other products, such as great white or whatever, um, just add molasses because. Well, hang on one second. That's getting into a problem area if you're old school and you're trying to keep bacteria down. But what if you're trying to grow a little bit of bacteria now? Maybe that's why the temperatures are raised. We used to keep our 68 degrees and, you know, high, you know, uh, like, uh, put in hydrogen peroxide. We would run, um, that SM90 through there. We would do everything we could to kill bacteria. Uh, if you raise the temperature up, you know, maybe to the mid 70s, Maybe you're not. Yeah, he said he's running 77 with no problems without the tea disaster. Because every time he's got bacteria working for him. I just get, I get scared. Like I'm going to get like a funky smell or some nasty shit going, but. You brewed you know, the tea and you got scared. Yeah, I guess, Aww. like you said, maybe it's just the right combination uh, to where it's a non issue until you get to 79. Like there's nah, some... I think these guys are, yeah, I think these guys are figuring out how to wor- make the bacteria work for them, you know, as a protective barrier. Yeah, and he says if it's as a buffer, one of the keys is straining it real, real well for the hydro systems. And he said it's not a big mess if you strain it well. So, yeah, they could definitely, uh, you know, if you're growing, that was that's gonna give you the dank out of hydro, full on as yeah, far need- as the flavors and the things I'm after. But I, yeah, I'm, I'd be afraid to try it. That's uh, hell no, I'm not afraid to try it, man. But that's why I left hydro is because I was trying to put all the dank in there, and you know, trying to. Add fish to hydro is a little bit, a little bit much, man. But sounds like they figured it out, man. Yeah, I I'm going to bust my deep water culture system out. I still got a couple buckets in the garage, man. Grow something in them, you know. 
Yeah, then you get too much going on, mad scientist style, and then you start to stress out. I, that's where I've been. You get too many different, like, oh, the hydro buckets, I forgot about them. Right. <laughs> but I'm always down with shit that manages itself, you know, setting up a system with a reservoir and float valves where, you know, in a perfect world, everything should be fine, man. I wonder if they're adjusting pH in a hydro system with that type of tea and stuff. Because that used to always be the headache in hydro. Keep that pH right. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we need to get some of these uh, real legitimate hydro guys on the line, man. Where you at? Come yeah, do a yeah. sit-in, brother. Yeah, I'll have to drop, in, drop them an email. And yeah. If you haven't heard from me, just drop me another email. We'll hook up. We'll yeah, hook up. you know, I want to apologize for all the people. My favorite thing to say is, hell yeah, man, I'll call you and we'll get on the show. And then I always drop the ball on it, man. So there's a couple guys out there, man, that I've really screwed up with. So I really do apologize. I appreciate everybody's attention and uh, uh, contributions to the show. It's awesome, man. So word, um, word. I just say word. Yes, Scott, I do totally agree with that. Yeah, man. What's up, Snoop Dogg? It's hard. It's it's it gets hard, man. Ah, uh, you know what? We're getting a little bit more organized as we go. Never. <laughs> I mean, higher, Scotty. All right, next question. This is interesting. I kind of thought about this. So this guy has a dilemma of whether to flower a plant that he had due to space issues. He said he had to veg for 14 weeks in a one-gallon nursery pot. What? And now he is totally root-bound, and he does not have enough space for a larger pot in his flower chamber. So this is obviously very restricted. So he asked himself, what would you do? Um, so, uh-uh, no, WWDD, yeah, right. what would dude do? I mean, for one, I don't really know because it's tough. You know, you definitely want to transplant before flower. I think you've got to root prune that bitch, huh? You know? If you're going to leave it for 60 more days. He's going to hate that. I mean, that's. I, I think you need to cut that, you know, cut it like down. Cutting you know, part of your leg off, man. I can't handle it. Yeah, but remove when you root prune something, you remove a lot of the top growth as well, and then a bunch of the roots. You know, maybe like a third of the roots or something like that. So, I don't. I just don't see if you don't have any room for a bigger pot, you're gonna go with a pot bound plant into into a sixty day flowering cycle. I mean, if you're there, if, first off, if you don't have, I'm assuming you might have to top this thing, which means that's what I'm saying. Don't want to go to flower. For at least ten days, once you do a you know a really good topping to make it fit in your flower chamber. I mean, if you don't, let's say for some reason you don't have to top it. I'm picturing a pretty tall plant, fourteen weeks of edge in one gallon. Yeah, I'm talking about exactly, bit, and then you know it's going to stretch another foot to two at least. Um, without all, if you had to keep it in that container and you were around a lot, you really have climate control of that flowering chamber to where it doesn't run that hot, and you can get a good uh, nursery. I mean. Um, uh, saucer under it, like because you might have to water. If you're gonna keep it in that pot, you might have to treat it like almost like a drip system. You might have to water three times a day, and then plan for it to catch an inch of runoff. But you know, within that saucer, within ten minutes, it sucks it all back up. Like you're just pushing it, like you're pushing a little. You see big plants in four inch rock wool. You're like, oh my god, how could that plant be so big in four inch rock wool? Getting watered every thirty two minutes, man. Them. Yeah, you, if you can be around enough to water the shit out of that plant, go for it and flower. But I'm guaranteeing you it's going to ask for a lot of watering. And yeah. it, it'll, do a good, it'll do a good harvest. Root-bound plants push some good flowers. You're just going to have to keep her happy, you know. You what know if you put it in a small self-watering pot and then just set it in, you know, they feed from the bottom? 
and then maybe set it in a saucer and just keep a little, a little water in the saucer or something, you know, kept it fed that way because it's going to be thirsty as hell. Yeah, some of those uh, self-watering pots aren't uh, much bigger than like a regular one-gallon size. Just yeah. A little, re- a little taller with the res under there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you could set that up, use the saucer method, let it wick up, but be ready to water. Keep the lady happy or she won't be happy. Yeah, you know, I was in my room this morning, and I noticed I have a couple plants in three gallons that I'm just playing around with, and I noticed that they're a hell of a lot harder to keep happy than the ones that are in the 15-gallon and 10-gallon smart pots. I mean, the more soil you have, the more buffer and the closer it is to natural. When you're growing in these little pots, man, even my little three gallons, man, the plants really react. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep them growing, keep them growing. Yeah, man, what you got, dude? What's on your mind, man? What's growing on? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, man, what's growing on? The the, The new segment that's not new but renamed, I like it. What's growing on? Although you did open up, you know, it's kind of like, don't have to talk about what's going on in your grow. It can be what's growing on in general with grow too. So I'll take it. Um, man, I, like I said earlier, outdoor, you guys got to be careful. Uh, the cooler weather has came in and, uh, basically you need to know, you know, what's going on with that. Reducing your drip with your timers. If you're doing any automated watering, your plant's going to slow down a little. Just keep your eye on what's going on. Uh, it's been raining out here in Colorado as well. So when that happens, if your garden is not covered or in a greenhouse, you got to keep an eye on air movement. Watch out for any mildew popping up. Keep your plants pruned up well so there's good air movement through there when we have moist days in a row like this. Um, and that's that's the outdoor weather update. Um, so I'm picking strains for next year. And basically the strains I'm looking at are got to be something like the sour relief still only looks like it's barely... 10 days into flowering and it's fucking our September now almost. So that, that scares me a little. Like I don't want to be going out in my garden when I have prime flowers that I worked so long for. And we got that high of 27 low of 10 uh-uh. in uh, early November with, you know, six inches of snow. Um, I might try it. I guess it could be cool oasis, but it's, it's going to be a shit ton of work. So in my head, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm mentally prepping myself that I might have to lose the sour relief. We'll see. I know when she starts to flower, it, like the switch goes off after the stu- stretch that it flowers pretty quick and hard. Really? But I'm uh, I'm getting ready if I have to put her down. <laughs> kind of suck. But, uh, man, it's just it needs more flowers. So that will be on my do not grow again outdoors list until I had a full greenhouse, you know. And just really get those ones that don't stretch a ton and, you know, start flowering. Make notes. Like, I noticed some that started flowering well before the others. We have a shorter season here in Colorado, of course. And then that's what you want to look for. Shorter flowering time to know you can finish up preferably before, like, October 10th. Then you start to get stressed out. You're losing sleep about the cool temperatures. Yeah, no joke. Damaging them flowers, dude. You don't want to go close to freezing if you don't have to. I'm sure some plants can handle it, but... Man, Man, I remember I came up here on my birthday. It was right, right around this time of year, uh, I don't know, before I moved out here. And I thought it was going to be summer. I brought my shorts and everything. And, man, it was like freezing. It was like literally like freezing at September the 1st, man. So that's insane, you know? Yeah, definitely. Colorado weather is unpredictable, man. Ha, yeah, 
definitely unpredictable, but it can be as good, too, as 60 in January, baby. You always get those good days where you go snowboarding and mountain biking back to back. I call that unpredictable, man. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Hell yeah, man. Um, What else is going on? Uh, Did uh, the greenhouse visit, I don't know, do we fully talk about that? I think I just did a mention earlier. Dr. J's greenhouse? Yeah, yeah. As far nice, as man. Three Buddha sisters rocking. Everybody should try and do a greenhouse if you can. Seeing the implemented security from uh, Home Depot is nice, like the products like the Doberman um, and then some motion sensors from Harbor Freight. I laugh, but the shit works. Uh, starting to look at people, you know, when the, once they get their flowers coming in, you want to secure that outdoor grow. Oh, yeah. And uh, make, you know, the best you can, even though it is getting uh, less of a, a – it's still a value, of course, here in Colorado, but it's not crazy like, you know, as it used to be when you're like, oh, yeah, man, somebody's definitely going to be trying to rip that off. But, um, yeah, that was really cool, man, just to see three plants taken up 12 by 16 feet. Awesome, awesome thing to do. That is cool. Uh, warm and warm and humid in there. It would have been nice, like, to make it an oasis, put a hammock up and shit. It would be a good place to hang out. I think you got to be exchanging a buttload of air when you've got a greenhouse like that you know back in florida i remember they got these huge fans they look like the wall you know they literally look like a a large section of the wall it's just a fan you know yeah and he wasn't exchanging a ton dude and i don't know if it's the white poly um he had each side opened up about a foot off the ground but no fan uh was intaking or outtaking it was just the natural breeze or whatever so it was freaking simple dude i was impressed with how simple it can be and, uh, yeah, how much yield you can enjoy with that. Oh, yeah, man. Indoors, indoors, as I said, simple, simple enough. Replacing T5 bulbs, pick them up. If you're out here in Colorado, they're 5 bucks. Scotty did the math. $40 to replace an 8-bulb fixture. It was sophisticated. Um, you check my work. It's a good time also. You guys should be, you know, put your finger on that T5 reflector. You, you, you'll see you leave a good old mark. Those are good to clean twice a year. You know, your reflector is what's reflecting your light, and your light is super valuable. Yeah, I heard that on NPR. It's National Clean Your T5 Day, isn't it? Yes, it is officially. All right. And I decided lastly on the indoor, I'm starting, uh, I'm going to roll that cocoa for a while and veg. Uh, I got a tip over here from uh, Tyson over here, Central Way to Grow. He's, I were kind of debating cocoa or a cocoa peat mix. Dr. J wanted to know, you know, he was thinking about cocoa. It's a little bit more expensive. But you're going to get that accelerated growth, um, and they're saying you're going to see accelerated growth in veg, kind of crazy. Um, not crazy, but, you know, if you've seen really good, nice roots in cocoa, it's kind of, like, exciting. Like, yeah, they go nuts, man. There's so much air so, in, in that in that media, man. It just goes nuts. Exactly. So I'm going to do that probably all the way at least up to a one-gal, little 2.5 pot into a one-gal of cocoa, and maybe even to, into a five gal from there and then i usually end up in a 15 but i'll probably do a three you know there's a lot of options with my containers so and then when i go into my flowering mix though i'm still gonna i don't know if i'm gonna do straight cocoa then i know you'd tell me to do it scotty but i gotta wait and see uh, do what you want man do what you want yeah i gotta wait and see i think i'm gonna want a a more of a a mixed up mix than straight cocoa for my flowering period so what you growing on? What do you growing thing. on, yo? I, I do always give you the compliment, man. You grow the best weed out of anybody I know, so 
don't go change into what I do, man. You know what <laughs> I mean? You do, you do how you do, man. Well, I want to learn what, like I said, running one octopods, just, it's cool to experiment with shit, man. It makes you a better grower to know all the different ways to grow. So, I mean, I don't know if we'll be hanging NFT from the walls and shit, but. No. I will definitely rock out aquaponics, man. That's crazy man. talk, man. When I do live in a tropical environment, I'm going to be rocking some aquaponics. That's oh, for sure. Yeah. Man, there's a partner of mine down in Florida has one of the most amazing aeroponic greenhouses in, in Palm Beach, Florida. Man, that thing will make you salivate. And, and NFT and misters, everything, man. Combos, beautiful, man. That is really nice. I've seen big setup out here in Colorado. If you guys want to check it out, the Grow House. That's H-A-U-S. Grow House Denver, like a nonprofit here in Denver. They grow a bunch of huge, huge NFT systems. Really cool to see. NFT is called Nutrient Film Technique, if you guys don't know. And it's just basically running uh, a thin stream of water down a, a kind of very uh, carefully off-leveled pipe. And it's just, remember I was saying with the octopods that the biggest exchange of oxygen comes from the water hitting the surface? Well, that's how NFT works. So it's because it's a thin film of water, there's a tremendous amount of aeration just because with the water touching the surface. And for things like lettuces and those they types grow of like crops. crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's how it's done, man. Unbelievable. You can watch it grow if you just stare at it long enough, literally, yeah. and smoke a little. You'll see it. You'll and I mean, see it you can produce amazing amounts of food from an NFT greenhouse. If you're straight up into food production, hell's just, man. Cool. What are you doing, man? Doing some maintenance or what? That's what I see. Yeah, man. I've been uh, in my grow. I've just gotten kind of got everything really, really tip top, man. I've been kind of doing the, the the extra, going the extra mile in there, making it clean, uh, getting ready to do a little bit of filming in there, man. So I can't have two, two <laughs> people busting my balls too bad, you know? Yeah, dude. You got to get that European hotel room look. <laughs> I don't think so. My name's Scotty Real, man. <laughs> I knew I was in trouble when my buddy complimented me. He goes, Hey, man, I'm really glad that you didn't feel like you had to really like clean up and make it really nice and impressive in your room, you know? <laughs> okay. Well, thank, thank you very little, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, just getting things. I'm getting the Hortolux bulbs installed. So I'm pretty psyched about that. And not a ton, man. Honestly, I've been trying to learn a little bit more about building soil. Really, Jeremy from Build the Soil got my interest in thinking about Clackamas Coot and everything I've read. Uh, and some of the people I've met through this podcast have really gotten my interest on trying to do, trying to understand organics more. Boy, with these octopods, because they feed from the bottom, if you could build a really good TLO soil, and I'm going to talk to the Rev about this. If you could build a real good organic soil with the right uh, wicking properties so that it didn't stay too wet, man, could you imagine that? Just putting really good quality plain water in the bottom of these octopots and just blowing up organic goodness from, from, from the top down? It'd be amazing. Gonna be gonna be tough like you said i mean you have to have a real you don't want to stay too wet so yeah you're gonna have to have a real understanding of organics man so i've been studying the rev a little bit uh this guy harley smith from uh raw raw nutrients put a couple really good videos out man like i don't know like part one and part two i think they're like 40 minutes each and he really gets into the nutrients and the science behind the nutrients uh so check those out man i've been learning about that a bunch and yeah, man, I think that's about it, man. Not too much else, man. Been I get, see, I see a little note here. You, were you servicing water pumps? 
uh, where the hell are you reading, man? I, I was know. doing be wrong. I was. That's why it got my attention. As like, I was doing. That's what I'm saying. I was doing all the little stuff, man. I was taking my water pumps, and uh, you know, they get like a film on. Well, the yeah, head. I didn't hear you chime in on that much. I, I remember that's pretty damn important when uh, good maintenance intervals there on water pumps. People forget about that, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, circulating your your reservoir is really important, man. Especially if you're going to keep any kind of organic goodness in there, you've got to be like definitely circulating it so or else it's gonna go stanky organic goodness with the circulation definitely most definitely my friend that's about it though man haven't been spending a ton of time in the garden this week man been really spending a bunch of time on youtube hanging out in everybody else's gardens man yeah guys check it out i mean you heard if you didn't hear in the beginning of the show um scotty gave away here a pound of uh, recharge just do a couple guys chiming in on the dude grows youtube channel make some comments on some videos uh we're just gonna pull people out of you know current subscribers people subscribing making comments people being involved uh we'll give you some love i think we're gonna have some optic foliar uh sample kits and if you didn't hear or you haven't done it yet if you go over to uh optic foliar on facebook then uh, basically Dinesh was going to give away to the first 12 people that, what did he say, that basically said that they heard about him on the Dude Grow Show. Yeah, yeah. You get a full-on, every one of his products, I believe, in this sample kit. So do that, man. That's a good way for him to know you're digging the show. That's how uh, he got in touch with us because you listeners told him, hey, we heard about your shit on the show, and I'm going to have actually some videos coming out with using Transport and uh, Azimax. I'm pretty excited about that. This transport seems legit. If I don't have to spray the bottom of the leaves, I'm down. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to talk about what's going on in my grow in the future, it's going to be running and getting into that optic foliar line, man. Totally. Yeah, I'm pre- I'm pretty into that, man. I think there's a couple couple little things I can do. One of them is is a really awesome foliar program. So I'm into it, man. Me too. I mean, that that's one thing people. It's, people usually slack on that because everything else is in front of that. I mean, you have to keep your plants watered, keep your garden clean, change your bulbs, s- s- trim this, prune this, all this shit. And by the time all that's done, a lot of growers either don't have the time or the dedication to do some foliar spraying. But damn, it can help and prevent problems for sure. I mean, that's the main reason I have to do it as part of my IPM. Foliar spraying is so cheap and easy, bro. I agree. I agree. That's why at first you see the price on the transports a little spendy, but then you realize it's, it goes a long way. Man, you know what I'm saving up for? I keep on wanting it, man, is that fogger. What was that crazy fogger? The big Fogmaster Jr.? No, nah, the Fogmaster Jr., I'm so sorry, but like it's, the one a, that it's shoots a wimp, out 20 man. feet. It's a little wimpy, man. I need the one that shoots out 20 feet. That, that the, one you have to be so careful with in the indoor garden. Hydrofarm has one. It holds, I think, two gallons. has that hose with, like, the fucking handle on it. I had it for a little bit. Um, until I don't, I donated it to the grow house because that thing, man, if you use it wrong in the indoor garden, you're going to be like, you know, knocking plants over and shit. It was heavy duty. That's the one that gets rid of spider mites though, because <laughs> it can penetrate every nook and cranny. When you just use a little fog master or something, even a, you know, a pump up sprayer, you're hoping that it gets everywhere. With and that if you fogger, dial that thing all the way down, it should work. But the shit's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want to put it at full max, man. You know, spraying your ballast down, your balls, yeah, you know, blowing the door <laughs> off, you know, coating everything in some nasty shit. Pow! Well, guys, we're getting ready to put it in the bag. Episode number forty-two, yo, uh, man. If you like what you're hearing, uh, yeah, just give us some support with the before it mentioned supporters of us. Uh, the Dude Grows channel, realgrowers.com, if you want to pick up any recharge 
hook it up over there. It's not even plant-specific for you people in unfriendly, paranoid states. Absolutely. Coupon code DUDE, 25% off any size. And, uh, man, we'll be back with 43 here soon, working on different things with the uh, video show and going to keep them coming at you. Yeah, man, really psyched, man. Definitely got some uh, some works. A shout-out to uh, Matt over at Mountainside Glassware. He's offered up a space for us to hang out, blow some glass, trial some delicious herbs, man. And so uh, He's up in FOCO? Up in Fort Collins, man. You're going to have to get your ass up there for that, man. That's going to be a party, man. All right, we will figure that out. Yeah, we're going to do the whole thing on video too, man. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to listen on the go. Listen in your grows. Check it out on iTunes, Beyond Pod for now. We'll probably have an app out soon. Getting it all working, you know. Getting it all worked out here in the Internet's world with the Grow Your Own Knowledge, yo. Absolutely, man, but we're growing every day, man. That's what's important. Let's put it in the bag, man. Come on. Yeah, come on, man. Why don't you take a little bit out of the bag? You know what I'm talking about? All right. That shit your brother gave you. Yeah, that's the good shit. Yeah, shout out King Marijuana. Peace. Peace. I said, is anybody in the crowd smoking on some of that chronic? When I say sticky, everybody say icky. Sticky. Uh-uh, no. WWDD, what would dude do? You're listening to the Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly.